This is Southern Hostility. I'm Steven. I'm Nicholas. Welcome back. We're back at it. Another episode. Um, you haven't gotten rid of us yet, so if you're still listening, thank you. It's been a wild, wild week for sure. And um, Steven, how, how are you feeling? Not good. Uh, I'm not doing so good. Um, it's one of the toughest sports weeks I've had in a very long time. Um, it's been a lot. Uh, seriously, I did not see it coming. I did not see Nick Saban retiring. Um, I think just last week we, you were saying, oh, I don't know who it's going to be or when it's going to happen, but Lane Kiffin's going to be the replacement down there. And now it's a reality. Nick Saban has retired from Alabama and... Honestly, you're just left to pick up the pieces, aren't you, Stephen? He just walked right off. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, when I found out the news, it's it's one of those where he was so polarizing. He was such a big figure in the sport. I mean, he kind of was the face of the sport that like you kind of remember where you were when you found out. And like for me, um, I just got out of work. I went to go visit my grandmother and like my dad called me. And he's like, are you sitting down? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then my dad broke the news to me and I hadn't heard it yet. There's nothing that came on my phone. ESPN hadn't even reported it yet. Um, it was like one reporter on Twitter had posted something. Uh, ESPN hasn't even like put out the notification yet. I was like, what are you talking about? And um, then I saw it was true. And I was like, oh my God, he actually retired. Uh, and I literally like felt like my heart stopped. I was like, oh my God, it, it's over. And then I got looking at his age. And I'm like, he is 72. Um, you know, and he said that he's pretty much he blamed his age is why he's retiring. Who knows the real reasons behind it? You know, I hope his health is okay and I wish him the best. And, you know, I just want to give a thank you. I just want to really thank him for everything he did for the University of Alabama, what he did for college football as a whole. Um, without him, I don't know where college football is today. Uh, you know, and I was talking with you when we were preparing this show and I said, you know, when he took the job, I was 11 years old. Um, I believe you were, you were either 11 or 10. Um, so I think you're a year younger than me. So I think you were 10 years old. I mean, honestly, we really don't know a world without him in college football. Um, I mean, my memory is pretty vague before he took the job at Alabama. I mean, my dad was an NFL guy, uh, you know, Dallas through and through was my dad. So like, my dad didn't get into college too much. I mean, he kind of liked USC a bit, um, for a time. Um, but other than that, he, we didn't watch it that much. It was, you know, sometimes it'd be USC. Other than that, maybe Notre Dame here and there. It'd be on in the background. Um, but we just weren't a college football family. And then when kind of when Saban, you know, took over at Alabama, CBS had the contract. We got all the games. And really from there, I mean, his Alabama teams is what got me into college football. Um, so I really want to thank him for that. I mean, honestly – I uh, don't know where I am without, you know, the University of Alabama and college football. I mean, seriously, it kept me busy on a lot of Saturdays. There's a lot of good memories along the ride, and it was one one hell of a ride. Um, yes. Thank you, Nick Saban, for retiring, because now the rest of college football can actually compete and not see Alabama in the college football playoff anymore. Good Lord. Praise be. Nick Saban's retired. I mean, I, the whole entire SEC is having a party, and it's at my house. I'm throwing it. Nick Saban is gone forever. 
I mean, like I, I knew at some point this was going to happen. I'm just going back to his early seasons. I remember the 2008 season is really the season I remember the most. Um, in 08, they went 12 and two. Um, they went undefeated up until they played Florida in the SEC championship game. And at the time, the Florida Gators were like the best team in the SEC. They had Tim Tebow. Uh, they were just unbelievable. Uh, and they played the Georgia Dome SEC championship. Uh, and Alabama lost 31-20. And I remember watching that game. I, I watched most of that season leading up to it. And, you know, something about Alabama captivated me. I mean, I don't know if it was the the Crimson uniforms or, you know, just the culture they had at that stadium that looked amazing on TV. Whatever reason, whatever it was, uh, could have been the Shakers. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was awesome. I was like, this is so cool. Um, that Florida game, I mean, it didn't go that the way I wanted to, but I was wow, they got me hooked. Uh, they ended up playing in the Sugar Bowl, which they lost to Utah. And I was like, oh, I'll keep watching. And then the next year, I was like, uh, in 09, I pretty much watched from that point on, I watched every game. From 08, um, I watched every every Alabama game pretty much since then. And in 09, they had one one hell of a year. That that team, uh, if you go through it, it just uh, they beat number seven Virginia Tech. They beat Florida International. They beat North Texas, Arkansas, Kentucky, Old Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, LSU, Mississippi State, Chattanooga, Auburn. Then they beat Florida. They got Revenge of Florida. That was the game Tim Tebow cried. They beat him thirty-two to thirteen. What a game! And uh, I remember watching that game. I'll never forget. I was Tim Tebow crying. I was like, "Wow, okay." And then they played Texas um, national championship at the Rose Bowl. Uh, that was the famous when they beat Colt McCoy. It was a 37-21 game. Um, so, I mean, that 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 game had me hooked when they beat Texas. Um, I was like, wow, this team. And I, I don't know if it was Mark Ingram's uh, gloves when he threw up the A's on the hands or it was really just the the magic that, that Saban was. Um, and really from there, I was, like, like I said, hooked in Alabama. I watched every single season from there. There was some ups. There was some downs. Um you know, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I was applying to colleges. Uh, I applied to the University of Alabama. I got into the University of Alabama. I wanted to go to the University of Alabama. Um, I begged my parents. They wouldn't let me go. They said it was too far. My dad didn't want me to go too far. Um, fortunately, my mom has had some health issues. So my dad didn't want me to go too far. God forbid something would happen. So I stayed more local. I didn't go to the University of Alabama. Um, and kind of in college, man, I mean, that's where I met you. You and I kind of had some fun times. And we didn't yep. watch as much college football in college because, you know, I mean, we were kind of busy on Saturday nights, but, um, you know, we had our own uh, radio show at, you know, in college. And so I didn't watch as much, but when I got out of college, I came back to it. You know, my Saturdays were more free again. And, you know, I met my wife and she actually went to the University of Alabama. So as fate would have it, I didn't get to go, but my wife did. Um, you know, so that was that was special. I got to finally get down to Tuscaloosa see a game. They played LSU. Um, I finally got to see the Bryant Denny Stadium. I got to finally be in the crowd. Um, probably one of the best days for me as a sports fan. I've had other happier days in my life, trust me. When I married my wife, probably the happiest day of my life. But I've had some fun days. But as a sports fan, I think that was a great day when I went down to Tuscaloosa. They played LSU. Um, being a part of it, I sat in the student section. It was unbelievable. Uh, from that moment on, there was really no turning back, man. And, um, like I said, it's been a beautiful ride. I really want to thank you, Saban. All the championships, a lot of fun, playoffs, the bowl games, everything. The recruiting classes, the, the guys you produce in the NFL. You've kept my fantasy team. 
Um, <laughs> I always draft Alabama guys. You kept me as one of the number one teams in fantasy, uh, depending on the league I am every year. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for all the memories. Um, and yeah, I think that it's a bow on it. I, I'm not sure where the program goes from here. Um, how, but... how, how low in the standings do you think they're going to go now that Saban's not there anymore? Because I got to say, a lot of people are going there for Saban and he just abruptly retired. Like, it seemed like no warning to me. So you think a lot of players are going to enter the transfer portal, um, especially the way college football is. So what, what's interesting is it's been 24 hours. No one's entered the portal yet. I know they're waiting to see what coaches gets, gets hired, but no one's entered the portal yet. Um, I don't think Saban would have retired without having a replacement in mind. I don't think the university would have done announced it if they didn't have something planned. They said within 72 hours, they'd have a new coach. Um, I think that person's already been contacted. I think they already accepted the job and I think there's paperwork they got to do. Um, Saban also came out and said he's going to still have an office in Brian Denny stadium. I guess he's still gonna have an office on the campus. He's not going anywhere. He's retiring, but he's not gone, gone. Um, so I guess he'll help with the transition. I really don't know what that means. Um, we did lose a recruit. We did lose a five-star, uh, wide receiver. He's now saying he wants to go to Texas. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know where they're going from here. What's going to happen. It seems like by the end of the weekend, we'll know. Um, but, I mean, it, it's completely up in there. I don't know what happens with Alabama. I mean, they've been, for so long, they've won so much. I mean, and for so long, and I got to say, there's so many people like you, Nick, that are so happy that this run is over. Man, I was getting text messages from people in high school I haven't talked to in over 10 years coming out of the woodwork just to, just to you know, Say, haha, the your run's over, which is, you know, I mean, kind of petty. I mean, you held that for 10 years. Good for you. 10 yeah, plus right. years. So, I mean, I can't believe they remembered. I mean, I had one kid I was in um, a class with. He, he reached out to me. I was like, how does he even remember me? You know, there's some people you still talk to that, you know, that you're like, oh, yeah, you know. But um, there's mm -hmm. some people that like there's this one guy I have not talked to in probably 10, 12 years who reached out to me. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered thanks that. For that. From Right. You know, freshman year, freshman year physics class or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, but what a run. There's a couple candidates that names keep scrolling. I mean, I said to you, it was it last week, two weeks ago that I thought Lane Kiffin would be the guy. Uh, yep. You're high up on Lane Kiffin. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, I still think it's Lane Kiffin. It's not. I can guarantee you it's not. I think it's going to be Lane. I, I mean, you know, what we should do is we should record a different episode for every single person who's been named. And then we just post the episode once it happens. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but seriously, like, but like, but seriously, I, I don't, I always thought it was going to be lane. I always did. And everyone's saying, Oh, he's got a good at old miss. He has a great recruiting class. He can do it there, man. If Alabama comes calling, I mean, that's the know, thing. I don't, I feel like if, if the retirement is planned, then maybe it's Lane Kiffin. But I think it's going to be some nobody. You're going to be like, who's that guy? I, I don't know. I I, I feel like they got to at least call uh, Lane. I feel like you got to at least call Lane. Um, you also got to put a call into Sarkeesian in Texas. I understand you're probably not going to leave Texas 
Um, it has probably more money in the NIL, but you got to call Sark. You got to, you, you got to go call him. He's one of your best coordinators you had. Uh, he filled in when Saban had COVID. He's done a fantastic job recruiting at Texas. I feel like you got to give both Kiffin and Sark a call. Um, and I, and I think they're high up on the list at, at least calling. Will they actually land him? That's a good question. Is Lane going to leave? He's got a better roses at Old Miss. He's got amazing recruiting classes, and all he has to be is somewhat competent, and they're not going to fire him, right? And then same with Sark. You know, he can build that program. And Texas is a blue blood like Alabama. So he's at a job, and the thing is, with being at Texas, you're in Austin, Texas. And any of our listeners who have ever been to Austin, Texas, knows that city is fun. That's a fun place to be. I think it's one of the better cities in the country. I loved it. You know, it's great for you. And young people are going to want to go there. You know, it's like a fun little party town. Seriously, I think Austin, you know, don't sleep on Austin, Texas. And that's with the school being there. The campus I thought was really nice when I did see visit UT. Um, so, I mean, I don't think Sark leaves at all. I just don't think the money they have down in Texas, the oil money that he doesn't leave. But for Lane, who's sitting at Old Miss, yeah, the program might be historic, but they haven't won anything in years. And you get Alabama calling. I don't know, man. I, I mean, you get a chance to then, you know, go try to you know live up. I mean, I don't know. You work with Saban. You get it. You get a chance. To, you get the keys to the kingdom. Literally, you're going to get the money behind Alabama. You guys, his loaded team. I mean, Alabama right now is loaded. I mean, we'll see who they hire and who enters the portal. But say that team stays together. Right. Say they back Saban's, you know, replay, you know, um, air, they back them. They have full faith in you know, Kiffin. You know, you're getting a roster that can go win a national title. Yeah, Old Miss can do it. But if the Alabama roster stays intact, that recruiting class stays together, he has a better team in Alabama. And then he can go win and say, say he wins early. Say he beats Kirby next year. Say he gets there, he wins and he wins one. Well, hey, okay, you got one. You know, and then from there you can build your own, and it—it's it, a really attractive opportunity. I think I think Alabama is a—you know—while you have the pressure to live up to being, you know, you have to live up to the the goat. But he also left you amazing keys to the kingdom. So I think Lane is definitely thinking about it, um, and I I think Sark you got to at least call. However, these aren't the names that really are coming up in the inner circles. I heard the athletic director is really looking. At Mike uh, Norvell from Florida State. Um, okay, I, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really won much at Florida State. I mean, he's been a good coach. I guess he had his team on the cusp of the playoff this year. He's young. He's only forty-two. Um, but why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why? Especially with the whole Florida State thing about not getting into the college football playoff where they had like a huge banquet and then they all got pissed off about it and i mean he was definitely like heading that up and now he's just gonna jump ship go to alabama i mean i don't blame him but at the same time it's like such a weird turn of events for them i mean i I mean i think their fans would riot if if Norvell leaves, you lose your playoff spot to Alabama. Yep. Uh, and then and then you lose your coach to them. Mm-hmm. That's horrible if you're a Florida State fan. Um, 
I don't know. People seem to love Norvell, though. They love him. And the thing about Norvell compared to another candidate we'll get into is he has recruited in the South. Yeah, he's in the ACC, but he's going up against SEC powers all the time. And he's had decent recruiting classes. You know, so is he Lane Kiffin? No. Is he Sark? No. Not in the recruiting. Not not He's not having the recruiting classes those two are having. But he has had experience down South, and the Deep South recruiting is completely different. Down there, recruiting is different, and it's just a whole different atmosphere compared to other places. You know, if people are at USC, Washington, and all these guys, it's just a different atmosphere. You know, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have had different, the recruiting is just different. And, you know, it. so I think at least Norville has experience with that. The other candidate that I keep hearing, which seems to be the front runner, is Kalen DeBoer of Washington. Um, I don't, I, this is my issue. He's one, and my issue with him is the lack of knowledge on how to recruit in the SEC. He's from South Dakota. Um, he coached at um, Fresno State in Washington. He was at Indiana for a little bit as offensive coordinator. Um, but other than that, uh, he's he's that's the furthest east he's been, and he's never been further south um, than Southern Illinois. Illinois he's gonna stick Illinois. out like a sore thumb. I mean, I mean, I mean, he you're gonna hired by Alabama. He's He's probably going to be successful, but I, I mean, I still think that the SEC ends up with Georgia at the end of the day, okay. and the point is to like make sure that doesn't happen for Alabama. The thing is, you got to recruit because you're in an arms race with Kirby Smart, yeah. right? And Kirby Smart's not leaving Georgia. I mean, obviously, he'd be my dream pick, right? I mean, he was, you know, he's literally Saban's protege. He's coached at Alabama. Obviously, Kirby would be my dream, right? It would be. He's not leaving his alma mater to come back to Alabama. He's not leaving Georgia. He built it. He's won there. He ain't coming back. There's no way. He's already got glory in Georgia. Why? If he's going anywhere, he's going to the NFL. So you're not getting him and you're in an arms race. He's just sitting there waiting to see what coach they hire, and then he's going to take everybody. Is what yep. he's going to do. And, I mean, he's on the verge of being the next Saban. Because without the without the power vacuum, is he going to take it? Who's going to come in and take it? Is Sark going to be sitting there in Texas? Is he going to take it? I mean, our five star uh, wide receiver recruit who didn't sign yet, he let he decommitted. Um, he's already is talking Texas now. So is, does Texas take that? Spot? Like, what happens? Where's the power vacuum going? And I don't know if DeBoer can handle it. I, the recruiting aspect. I don't know. I mean, coaching wise, he seems like a good coach, but it, it's recruiting. It's you need you need top notch recruits to win a national title and to win the SEC. You need them, and, and that's just how it is in college football as well. I mean, you got to recruit every year. Like your season is make or break by the freshman class there that you're bringing in, and what these recruits like end up doing. It's, I mean, the transfer portal does help, but it's really like your your first year recruits that are coming in. That really make the team. What what sucks with this transfer portal though is you got to re-recruit your own roster. Every you're getting year, guys, you you got to recruit your whole roster and you got to recruit the young guys. So I, I think you know DeBoer is being a coach a while. He understands the transfer portal. I mean, he understands he's got to recruit his own guys. That's that's not probably the, the probably the issue is recruiting down south. And I don't yeah. think he's going to realize how it's going to work. And I think we're gonna, I think you're going to get burned. But if Saban is staying and he's going to help out. 
And if he can help out recruiting, if he wants, if, you know, if Saban wants to stay and fly around to California and do that, which doesn't seem like that's what he wants to do. But if he does that and can help DeBoer, a whole different ballgame, right? right? Whole different, which it, then it doesn't matter because you still have Saban recruiting essentially for a year. And I'm sure DeBoer can learn enough under him in a year to figure it out or two yeah. years. But it depends. It all depends. If Saban's going to ESPN, he's taking Lee Corso's job, then <laughs> You know, then you're then you're completely on your own, and we'll see. And I think you're going to see people fly. Um, quickly wrapping up some other candidates that have been mentioned. Dan Lanning of Oregon was mentioned. Uh, he came out with a video saying he's not leaving, and the grass isn't always greener. Um, kind of thought that was a slap in the face. Um, for those <laughs> of you that don't know, Dan Lanning was a graduate assistant under Saban. Then he went to Memphis for a bit under actually um, Florida State's coach, and then he went to Georgia under Kirby Smart and was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. So Dan Lanning, he's young, 37. He was like the favorite to land the job and kind of in an offensive way, told Alabama, no, and kind of, then yeah, good on. for him. Good for him. And then, um, he kind of, he then went on and later said, you know, that he can do what he wants. He can do this at Oregon. He can build it at Oregon. He kind of made it sound like, um, we all know Oregon has the NIL, right? They're going to get the money in from Nike. They, they're backed by a lot of money. They want to win. They I don't. They haven't won a national title. I don't think they've ever won one, actually. I think they're a program, one of the few that hasn't won one, but has been on the cusp. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm actually looking up. Let's see. I do, do not think. I'm incorrect. Uh, Oregon has never won a national championship in football. Wow, that's wild. For a program that's talked about all the time. They have never won one. They have one highs. their uniforms. Seriously, though, there's a whole story about that, how they made the program because of the crazy uniforms. I, th- I yeah. saw something on ESPN one time of how they literally became up. They were able to get recruits based off their crazy uniforms. Which I'm not surprised. I mean, they're pretty sick uniforms. I've heard their atmosphere up in Eugene's awesome, too. Um, I mean, you could definitely recruit there. Um, you could definitely oh, yeah. build something. I mean, you I, with them being in the Big Ten, they're finally playing tough teams now tougher teams that I think they could mm-hmm. probably win. Um, they could probably, de- they could probably definitely make a run. Um, the only thing that sucks about Oregon is their games are so late for anyone in the central or Eastern time zone. By the time they start, it's so late at night that um, it's hard yeah. to get the younger kids involved to become fans because they're playing at like 10 30, 11, you know? So that's the tougher part. But um, so he said no. And then the other shot in the dark that I've heard, uh, quite a bit. He has not been a head coach yet. He's been the defensive coordinator at Georgia since 2019 is Glenn Schumann. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he's an Alabama graduate. Um, and then he was, so he, he played at Alabama and then he, um, for, and then after that, Saban made him the director of football personnel. Um, and then from there, Georgia hired him. Kirby took him over. Um, I can tell you, half of these like titles that these people have sound made up to me. Well, it looks like they, 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 you know what they do is they take a bunch of grad students, they kind of put them all at random roles, you know, kind of just a, I don't know. I mean, it says he's a six time national get those championship winner. hours in. What? Get those internship hours in. Yeah, exactly. I right. mean, I think they just these kids probably watch film, right? This is probably what they're doing. Yeah. They're probably watching hours and hours of film, breaking it down, you know, and doing some serious grunt work. But I've heard nothing but good things about um, the defensive court. I mean, I've heard, I heard he's you know up and coming. I mean, he's thirty three and hasn't really, you know, I've heard Kirby and Saban have been fighting back and forth for him. They both loved him. 
Um, you know, I heard he could probably be a really good recruiter. I just think he's he's only 33 and he hasn't had a head coaching job. I don't think the Alabama head coaching job is probably the best first job for him. I mean, that's I a say, lot of pressure. He's probably your guy. All these other candidates don't really seem interested, but I think that he could fit well in there and then grow into the role. Well, because I the think thing with is that... Alabama, I just think that they would want to get someone that's on the younger side so they don't have to go find another coach. Well, I wonder, for example, say they hire him, right? The problem is, is you're, my fear is you're going to lose people because they're going to go, who is this kid? He's 33. He's not that much older than us. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to, Saban's going to have to be, I mean, if Saban had said, you know, I'm, re- you know, if he'd come out and said, I'm retiring in two years, this is my future head coach, made him assistant to the head coach and made him right there. That you could have totally done that. You could have, you know, took taken him from Georgia, said, You're my heir. You're gonna be the replacement when I retire. Bring him in, make him assistant to the head coach. And you said stayed there two years and showed him everything. And then when you take over, at least all the fans had known who he was. I think taking a 33-year-old guy who's never had a head coaching job, just throw him in right now with Saban saying, I'm done. You know, I, <laughs> I yeah, think that's I, I think it's you're destined be. to fail there. I mean, he, he might be amazing. Who knows? He could be the next best coach ever. He could be amazing, which I totally agree. I just think that pressure could kill you. And historically, these young coaches that have the pressure, I mean, it could go badly. You know, I think Lane Kiffin was one of them who started a head coaching job too early. And he said right out, he goes, he wasn't ready. You know, and he kind of, it took years he came back. And I think if you asked him how he did his career, you know, he probably never leaves Tennessee, to be honest. But I think... I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's early. I think it could be a stretch, but he could. But he could be. He could be a fantastic coach. And sometimes timing sucks. And that could be the problem with Alabama. Is he could be probably a, the next great college football coach. But right now, the timing was off. And you know, and that's kind of what happened with Dabo Sweeney. And that's the last candidate we'll talk about. But um, that's exactly what happened with Dabo. Is he was a perfect candidate three years ago. I mean, yep. I, I think I said on our radio show back when we were in college, you know, years ago, you know, Dabo will replace Saban. You know, I thought he would be. I mean, he's the Alabama alum. He was on, he, you know, he played under, um, I think he played under uh, Stallings, comes from the Bear coach tree, you know, um, you know, from Alabama, went to high school in Alabama, won a national championship with Alabama. Um you know, I, he was perfect. He was the guy. You know, Dabo Sweeney was the guy. And um, he's had a couple bad years at Clemson. He's not into the transfer portal. And I think he's struggling for NIL in Clemson. I, you know, I think they put a lot of money into their facilities. And, you know, they're probably trying to get, you know, they're probably, you know, struggling now to pay players with it. And, you know, I think he would have been perfect three years ago, you know, but now I don't know. And it seems like the entire fan base. I've listened. I listened to Alabama radio all day today um, in my office at work. I had it on the background and you wouldn't believe how many people called in saying they do not want Dabo Sweeney. They don't want him. They think the game has left him by uh, the Paul Feinbaum show. Pretty much today was pretty much. We don't want uh, Dabo. Um, we want Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Essentially speaking, every single phone call was, um, we want Lane Kiffin, we don't want Dabo. Which, if you had said this to me years ago, I'd be thinking, man, I want Dabo, I want Dabo. But Lane Kiffin is probably what we get. Now, 
everyone wants Lane Kiffin. We probably won't get him, but and we're probably not getting Dabo either. So, you know, I don't know. It's crazy predicament, but you're just sitting there with your cup of tears, right? Oh yeah, they've been plenty, for sure. I mean, I, I this just makes football, college football, better in my opinion, because now you're gonna see a team who perennially was successful begin to struggle. And it's just the same thing as when the Patriots had started to have a losing losing season this season. And yeah, I mean it it just makes the game better. I having one team that's super dominant and is there every year just becomes boring. And now we're gonna see different programs like UGA <laughs> or Old Miss. I think Old Miss can come out of the SEC. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, they're good. I mean, they they could. They got the roster and now they have the best transfer portal uh class. They're getting recruits and Lane Kevin's a great coach. Yeah. And and I'm giving him props. I'm saying literally on this 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 podcast, I want Lane Kevin. Like I want him. And clearly I think he could I think that old miss team he has right now is he put a team up that can win. And um yeah, I he's he's a good coach and he put to, he's putting together, yeah. Old Miss can definitely come out of the SEC, 100%. Um, you know, and we'll see with the expanded playoff now, you could get, you know, a couple SEC teams. You know, the thing is, and that's the good thing, and maybe Saban knew this, is like Alabama this year could have two losses and make the playoff. You could have three teams from the SEC make it with the 12-team playoff, right? So, yep. I mean, whatever new coach for Alabama that has the pressure off, if you at least make a playoff game, you at least make it. Right. And I think the same thing like with old misses, hey, you lose one game, you lose, say you lose to Georgia at home, then you lose them in the SEC championship game. You say you got two losses. You still make the playoff. Are you going to lose to the same team three times? Probably not. You could probably then make the playoffs, have a little bit of a run. I yes see that, you know, that's an option, right? So now these teams that historically wouldn't have made it, you get into the playoff, anything can happen. Anything can happen in a one game playoff, it does not matter. You know, you get a team on the right day. And that's what makes, you know, the NFL playoffs so exciting, and we'll get into that. Um, but let's finish off with the last four-team playoff. Um, we had the last uh, national championship under the four-team playoff format um, on Monday night, which feels like ages ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it really it feels so long ago because so much stuff has happened since then. I mean, I, it literally I literally thought like, it was last week. I really yeah, me was too. like, oh, when, when, <laughs> when did this happen? I mean... This this past month, like, this was on Monday, mm -hmm. and this wasn't even the biggest storyline for me on Monday, to be honest with you. Like, no, it, I, it, I I remember you were like, oh, like let let's go Huskies, like texting me, and I'm like, what? I mean, like, I <laughs> forgot that was even happening. <laughs> so, um, I, I gotta say, it was really hard for me to get up for this game because I just didn't have an interest in it. Um, I'm not a big fan of Michigan. Not gonna lie, I'm kind of a um. A hater. Um, I think their fans have this arrogance about them, but haven't won, which they won now. So, but it just was one of those games I had trouble getting up for. So what I did was I put a bet on uh, Washington money line. I said, you know, if I put money on it, I'll watch. Right. And I knew I had to watch it for the podcast. I got to talk about it. You know, there's draft implications, a lot of stuff going on with this game. So you got to watch it. It's hard to get up for it. I mean, I don't know much about Washington. I'll be honest. Um, They've had a decent program for years. 
Um, they played in a playoff game a while back. They got absolutely murdered. Um, you know, I don't know if that was five years ago now, but it absolutely destroyed. Um, you know, so I haven't, I don't know much about them. I knew they played in Seattle, um, kind of a cool campus. So what I did was, is I put money on them to keep myself interested in, we kind of had a game for a bit. I mean, the first quarter was a blowout, but then Washington hung around. Um, they, yeah, they hung around. The I mean, if, you know, if Penix didn't have that interception to start the second half, Washington hung in there and then it just got ugly. It just, yeah. it just, and, um, I thought it was really sad. And what was going to be the main talking point of today's show was going to be, you know, the Penix downfall and possibly draft slide from that game. You know, we had the Saban news and we're going to have a bunch of NFL news coming up. So kind of, kind of got, you know, forgotten there. And, you know, Twitter just, you know, maybe that could help Penix. Maybe that helps him in the draft and people forget about that national championship game, but he did not look good. Well, um, I just, I got to say, like, I think he played better than McCarthy did. I And the dude had 51 attempts. He dropped back 51 times. Well, they couldn't like, run the ball because Johnson right. was hurt. Like, right. <laughs> that That's the thing. It's like it, the offense was basically Penix. And he, I mean, he, he threw for 250 yards too. I mean, it, it's tough when it's like all on him as opposed to where it, with the Michigan offense, like sure. McCarthy's not going to, like turn the ball over but the the rushing was for michigan was like crazy compared to washington and when you when that game is so lopsided where you i mean michigan had 300 yards washington had 46 that's ridiculous to me like you're not gonna win regardless of how well Penix could or could not do I think too is that he was taking a beating. That offensive yep. line was getting killed. Um, he took a beating. He looked hurt really bad at the end of the game. Um, and then in times where you needed him, you know, he couldn't really hit the broad side of a barn door. I mean, it was like it's like, oh my God, he's like overthrowing, underthrowing. It's like, oh my God, he can't hit a receiver. Um that was my thing. And I mean, and then when you needed a big play, then Washington relied on the big plays all year. And they couldn't hit a big play. And then they finally hit the big play and they call a hold, which I thought was ridiculous because I thought Michigan had held on defense the entire game. You never called them once. And then you call it in the biggest moment of the game, which would have been a turning point. I mean, Washington was still in it at that point. They usually like in, in the national championship, they usually let them play. Yeah. Like I remember the UGA games, especially, um, the one against TCU, they didn't care. I mean, it got ran up pretty quickly, but like they weren't calling anything. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I I didn't think I honestly like I thought that was a bad call there, especially like what you did on defense. You let you let Michigan play, uh, you know, let Washington play. And, you know, let's see what happens. Let's, you know, and I think once they lost that, it kind of killed it. They went backwards and really they just couldn't come back from there and you know, and I got to say, you know, this game can be cruel. Football can be cruel at times, and it was cruel for Washington. After yeah. that play, it just all the wheels just came undone, and then Michigan pounced, and that defense pounced. That offense just – they just kept running. It was over. It was over. And um, I do agree with you. I do think Penix played better than McCarthy. Um, 
McCarthy went 10 for 18, 140 yards. I mean, essentially, I mean, McCarthy, I mean, how many times do I have to hear during the game how he meditates and doesn't wear shoes and he meditates to feel one with yeah. the field and all this nonsense? Good for you. Good for you. I don't want to hear it 10 times, but I think he was a game manager. And, like, people are saying he's going to be a high pick, and I'm like... He wasn't even a game manager. His rushing offense was the game manager. I mean, they had, what, the, like, 37 attempts? Rushing attempts? He didn't even drop back 20 times. I know. Like, they they ran the (laughs) ball far more than they did even passing it. And Coram and Edwards... Combined for 238 yards. That's that's your whole offense right there. It's, yeah, I mean, when you're running the ball that well and you have those explosive touchdown runs, I mean, Edwards broke it off twice for a touchdown. So Edwards looked good, huh? Yeah, he, he did. And he, was... and he only had six carries. I mean, sure, like, they, they were big runs, but, like, he he was a weapon out there. And, and when you're playing against those type of playmakers, your defense has to take note of it, you know? And these facts are interesting here, right? Um, So total yards, Michigan had 443 total yards. Washington had 301, right? Of that, of that 256 yards uh, was passing for Washington. It was 140 yards passing for Michigan. The rushing yards, like you said earlier, was 46 yards for Washington, 303 yards rushing for Michigan, and then yards per play, Washington averaged 4.2, Michigan averaged 7.8. And I think at the end of the day, like like with the Alabama game, Michigan won that game in the trenches. They could establish the run. Their defense could establish dominance. That's all it needed. At the end of the day, that's what Michigan needed, and they got it. And Congratulations to Harbaugh. You know, um, we'll talk about later with the open coaching. Does he go to the NFL? Um, Did you see the the quote that he had? He said some weird stuff, man. He He said like I can I can I can set the big boys table now. (laughs) Man, he over the years he has come out with some stuff where it's like, okay, Um, he that that family's interesting that that whole dynamic is interesting yeah um with the dad being there the brother being there um yeah just honestly i i think he's destined for the nfl i think there's a a job perfect for him and um we'll get in there when we cover the nfl but man i think you know it's a perfect time to go walk away if you're hardball and i mean i gotta say on tuesday morning when i went into work i was like it's over. Michigan's done. They got their they got their moment in the sun. They're all done. They're gonna walk away. And I was like thinking this is. I mean, I was like I said, like on this show, I was gonna be like, well, Michigan won. They're done. Hardball's gone. Back to business, business as usual. And that was gonna be probably the you know the topic of this podcast. But you know, now there's a good chance where Hardball could be gone. Saban's gone, and um, the only person left holding the bag is uh, Kirby Smart. Yeah. So, um. But any closing remarks that did it? Michigan's the champion. What are some closing remarks you had on this season? It was one heck of a college football season, that's for sure. I'm just happy that they're expanding the college football playoffs. I'm, I'd like to see the tournament style later because the whole four-team selection is a lot of bullshit to me. Anyways, um, it shouldn't be decided by just that. So, um. 
Yeah. Michigan. I, it, yeah, that, I think this is a boring national championship, though. Yeah, it, it was it was a boring game for sure. I mean, I, I, what was funny is I did send you during the game, I was sending you uh, verses from the Washington fight song. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying so hard, like I was trying to be so positive. I was like watching the game with my wife and the whole time is it looked pretty ugly for Washington. I'm like, no, no, they're in it. They're in it. And I kept just singing their fight song as a joke. I was trying so hard to stay into it, but boring game. I think overall it was a great season, but I think a, not the best finish. And sometimes you get that. Sometimes the national championship game, sometimes the semifinal games are better, you know? Yeah. Like um, last year, I remember um, the Ohio State Georgia game. Like that was the national championship. That's that was really like just a fun game to watch. But this year, you got the public restroom bowl. Yep, public restroom bowl. And everyone saw that meme. Um, you know the W and the M logo. I thought that was hilarious. Um, you sent me that meme. It was it was literally like the, you know, <laughs> the M and W standing there. And then I, I sent that to everyone. I saw. I thought that was so funny. I was like. This is great. It's the logos literally like they literally look like public restroom signs. I mean, the M and the W, yep. it was it was spot on. And um, forever, that's how I'm going to remember that national championship is the public restroom bowl. Um, and yeah, and I'm going to remember um, Penix, you know, overthrowing everybody. And I'm going to remember uh, Michigan just running the ball down their throat over and over yep. again. So. Um, but I mean, leading up to that season, we had some great games that were like, like Texas, Alabama early was a great game. Um, you know, the, the Georgia Alabama sec championship was great. Um, Georgia had some great games. You guys played Missouri, which is a pretty good game. Yep. Um, you know, it was, it was fun. It was a fun ride and it's sad when college football is over and it's like, suddenly it's like, what am I going to do on Saturdays? Like, what yeah. am I going to do with my time? I, I guess it's back to waking up early and watching European soccer or just like sitting here twiddling my thumbs. I guess I'm going to go play video games, you know, <laughs> break out the Xbox. I, I just don't know what I'm going to do on Saturdays. I mean, playing Hogwarts Legacy. Exactly. I want to break out the Harry Potter game or I'm going to break out uh, Madden or something. Yeah, it's just what do you do with time now? I guess it's just my uh, my dogs and I, the wife and I, and yeah, <laughs> suddenly lots of free time. Um so, yeah, but what's happening next year, which I'm excited for, is the new conferences. So next year, you got teams it's completely, it's chaos. It's ACC's different, Big Ten's different, Big 12's different, SEC's expanding. You got Texas, Oklahoma now. It's it's fun. So what we decided to do is to celebrate our final, you know, our final episode of Talking College Football pretty much now until, like, July or August um, is – we're going to decide to do our own little draft and create our own conferences. Um, so what we're going to do now we're going to do this is um, we automatically get Alabama. And, and so I automatically get Alabama. Nick automatically gets Georgia. So we automatically get that. We're going to do an 18 conference, how we're going to do the draft. So each round we draft one school to add to our conferences. Um, and then we're going to create our own college football conference. Um, so how it works is there's one team from the ACC, one team from the Big 12, one team from the Big 10, one team from the Pac-12, uh, one team from the SEC, and then one team from the rest of five. Um, and there's already one. We already have an SEC team, so there's going to be two SEC teams confirmed. And then to get to that eight team, uh, we get a wild card, as we call it, so we can pick one team from the remaining conferences. 
Um, I hope that makes sense. It'll make sense as we get going. <laughs> this was a lot. Um, so yeah, so we'll start. I, we had decided that I was going to pick first cause Alabama beat Georgia. So I already have Alabama. I'll go first round. It doesn't matter. We can pick, for example, I could pick a team in the big 12 and, um, Nick can then pick a team in the ACC. But once we pick them, it's done until we use our wild card. And then you get one more. Um, and we're going to go, I'm going to write them down. So we're going to go a little slow. Um, and it's based off of this year's conferences. So not next year. So next year is going to be a whole new, you got like Oregon and the, you know, the big 10 next year for this, for this draft, they're still in the pac 12. They're still in it until I believe July. So we're going this year, 2023, 2024 season. We're going. So the draft is on. So I'll start. What's um, the name of your conference? I'm going to name it after. I'm, I don't know. I got to oh, see who I get after. first. So okay. I got to figure it out. What, what what are you going for? What's yours? My the conference. My conference name is the Overweight Eight. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it like food based, but also like from the most obese states in the in the country. So we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it works. Okay. Um. So I love it. We'll see. I I'm I'm gonna come up with my name once. Um. You know, I don't know if I'll do it at the end of this episode or I'll do it the next episode, but I got to see who I get first and then we'll go. Um, I'm going to start it off and I'm going to keep it in the state of Texas. Um, Texas, Dallas fan. I got to keep it with Texas. I'm going to go Texas Longhorns with the first pick. They'll be joining the University of Alabama in my conference. Let's see. I'm gonna go with uh with Tennessee as my other SEC pick. Ooh, you're going with kind of a rival. Yeah. Thank you for taking them because uh I don't like Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you. That that's a good one. Thank you. Um, so I went with the big ten big twelve, started kept with Texas. I'm gonna now go with the rest of the rest of five. Um I'm going to take the uh, – they're going to be in the ACC next year. I'm going to take them now, my Blueberry Bowl team. I'm taking the SMU Mustangs. Wow. <laughs> I think everybody in our one listener are very <laughs> shocked about that pick. I certainly <laughs> am, especially after that poor performance uh, in the – just the bowl, the bowl game. Hey, I'm, I'm ride or die – uh, ponies, man. I'm ride or die. I'm riding the ponies, man. Go ponies! <laughs> hey, they're a Dallas team. I got to ride them, man. I, yep. They're going to they're gonna take the ACC by storm. They're going to destroy next year. They're, they're the next dynasty coming. You know, they, they got to, you know, it's they're coming, man. They're coming. All right. So statistically, um, this state is the most obese state in the country at 41.3% obesity rate, West Virginia <laughs> coming from the Big 12. All right, West Virginia. Um they were a program not that not that long ago. Um they had a good and team, you know. They will succeed <laughs> in the overweight eight. All right, so I'm looking here. I did a little list of who I would go with here. 
Um, so I got to eventually take someone from the SEC. It just hurts with... Um, I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go ACC next. And I'm going to go with the former Alabama alum, or he is an Alabama alum. Um, I'm going to take... Uh, my boy Dabo. I'm taking the Clemson Tigers of the ACC. Wow. Uh, I gotta say, honestly, the the Alabama versus Clemson national championship games. Those probably my favorite uh, favorite memory of. I, I forget. I love those, especially the year they beat them. Those are great. Um, so I gotta take the Clemson Tigers. I absolutely loved playing them. So, and their program was pretty much built by Bama. Just so. Anyone wants to go look that up? All their best coaches, Bama. So they just take that, right. and they they like to claim Alabama as their rival. They like to say that. I met um, I went to um, a, a Clemson game once, and I'm wearing my Alabama gear, and they're like, you know, and someone says they with the Clemson fan, he's like, so who's your biggest rival? He goes, Bama. I looked at him like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Wait, no, no. Our rivals Auburn or Tennessee. You know, we had a good, we had some good battles, but we're not rivals. No, no, thank you. And they yeah. think, hey, to them, we're rivals. I think uh, to Clemson, anyone is a rival because <laughs> they lose every time. <laughs> well, the Clemson, Clemsoning used to be a thing where it was like to choke. Yeah, that used to be a thing, and then it hasn't been for a while, and they've kind of been. I don't know. It's. I gotta say, I kind of love their uniform. Like, I love orange is my favorite color. So I freak, I love their uniforms, and it's like a purpley. Yeah, the orange and white with the purple is really nice. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice on the eyes, and it's, and I mean, and seriously, they play in a conference that's gonna beat up everybody. So they'll, yeah. they'll probably be back next year. I mean, they'll probably they're gonna make the playoff next year. And I just yeah, I don't doubt it. But you know, I don't think Florida State will be good next year. But anyway, you're you're up, man. So all right for my uh, Big Ten pick. Going with Ohio State. Ohio State. I knew. I knew one of us was going to take them. Um, I didn't want to have to be that guy. So thank you. I just want to let everyone know that Ohio has a thirty-eight percent obesity rate. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um, if you're going Big Ten and you're going bigger guys, um, the Big Ten, the large ten. <laughs> The if big we, and tall 10. If we want to go big state that's known for bigger people, you got to go. I'm going, I'm going to take this one from you. Kind of surprised that you didn't take them. I'm surprised you took Ohio. I'm taking the Wisconsin Badgers. Wow. Go, okay. go Badgers. Um, go Badgers. Uh, they're actually playing Alabama next year. Um, watch, watch, <laughs> watch, uh, Alabama boy like crap against them. They look kind of good this year. They, they're building something there. Um, but, not um they're building cheese heads that's where they're building you know they're not as they're not as bad as you know green i i mean i know a lot of them are probably green bay packers fans but you know i don't i don't hate wisconsin as a state i just can't seriously like like what else is there to do up there besides eat cheese drink beer and then root for football teams like there's really there's no cultural happenings going on in the state of wisconsin I gotta say, I don't think I really don't think there's much up there. I mean, I've heard it's a wicked nice state. Um, oh, I'm uh, sure it's beautiful. I, I mean, I got I got a buddy whose his dad is obsessed with the Wisconsin Badgers, 
Um, shout out to Trevor if he's listening. But I mean, his his dad is like, I guess cute. His dad went to Boston College, and his dad loves. I guess he went to Wisconsin, loved it. Went to a Badgers game, absolutely loved it. And now a big Badgers guy. They actually went to the Rose Bowl and they played uh, with the Oregon Ducks on Herbert uh, when Herbert had like that amazing game. He went to the game and uh, yeah, they're big big Badgers fans. They love it. They say the atmosphere is great. I've heard nothing but uh, good things about the uh, the city of Madison. Um, so go Badgers. So you're up, Nick. All right. For my uh, Pac-12 pick, going with the Colorado Buffaloes because Buffalo Wings. <laughs> I knew you were going with this one with the Coach Prime. You had mentioned him. Oh, about yeah. Coach Prime. I mean, <laughs> in order to have a really good conference in college football, you got to have lots of controversy. And I got to say, I've been picking teams with lots of controversy. Ohio State and their transfer portal and the QB controversy that was happening there. All of all of Coach Prime, just like all season, all the sound bites. I mean, Georgia, West Virginia, they're all big names. You gotta make sure that your conference is constantly being talked about. Go Buffaloes. If you're going with a Pac twelve team, I'm gonna go with one. Um, and you're gonna laugh. We're gonna go. Bow down to Washington. Bow down to Washington. <laughs> Buddy are the ones who wear the purple and the gold. Joyful, we welcome them within the victor's fold. They we will carve their names in the Hall of Fame to preserve the memory of our devotion. Go dogs. Going with Washington. as my Pac-12 representative. Um, I had fun betting them. I had a fun time with that. Um, mess with some people during that. So I'll go with the Huskies in this conference. Um, so yeah, <laughs> don't know much about them outside that national championship game and what they did this year. Kind of you know, not the biggest, haven't followed them the most. I know they're joining the Big Ten next year, which is going to be interesting. Um, we could have their coach soon. So cool. Going with Washington Huskies. You're up, Nick. <laughs> All right. For my ACC pick. I'm going to go with my Blueberry Bowl participants, Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> oh, the Duke Blue Devils. They either I, love, you either love them, them or you I hate them. I sent them a banner that I hope they put up at their stadium. Uh, so are you, are you declaring Blueberry them Blueberry Bowl. Bowl champions because SMU lost? Is that, is that what you're doing? You're declaring them champs? Well, I said participants. <laughs> I, I don't know if they would win against SMU. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I even love it. In, I even at Fenway. <laughs> yeah, I think I should send SMU a participation one too. I think. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of the Blueberry Bowl, I don't interrupt this draft. Shame on you, Nick. Your Atlanta Braves have the Mississippi Braves as a minor league team, and then the <laughs> minute we put the Blueberry Bowl in Jackson, Mississippi, you then relocate the Mississippi Braves. That's what Shame happened. Shame on yep. you. I you know. give them the blueberry bowl, you give them something so great, and then you take away their baseball team. How could you do that, Nick? Jackson, Mississippi was just on the up and up, too. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> hey, it's in between Atlanta and Dallas, so blueberry <laughs> yeah. bowl. There you we got the, go. Whatever you have, that's you might not have the Mississippi it. Braves anymore, but you have the blueberry bowl. Congrats. And that's, that's something that community can look towards every year. They're going to say... <laughs> The Blueberry Bowl is part of the New Year's Six. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's funny. We you have know, this. My God, we have the Blu-ray <laughs> Bowl. Hey, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do a solid for Mississippi because you're not giving Mississippi the love. You're taking away their baseball team. I am. You know, and you're you're Me specifically. you know you're, you're you're you know harping all over there. You know Jackson. You're going all hard against Jackson. I'm gonna do the state a favor. I'm gonna pick them for my SEC team. Old Miss. Ole Miss Rebels will be part of my conference. I love Lane Kiffin. Um, I want you in Alabama. So even though I'm picking you for this, you're going to still come to Alabama, Lane. Um, and I will take the Ole Miss Rebels. All right. Well, for my rest of five pick, I'm going to take one from the AAC. I'm picking Rice. I don't know I the the Rice Owls. I don't know anything about them, but their name is Rice. So <laughs> the, they belong, obviously, in the overweight eight conference. Um, you got to have, in order to have a good college football conference, I'm going to tell you all right now, you're going to need to have a team that's perennially bad. And compared to all of the other teams that I've picked, Rice is absolutely terrible. Their overall is under 500 this year. So Rice it is from the rest of five which means I only have a wild card left. Yes. So let me go through what we got so far. Um, I'm quickly writing all this in. So we have it. So when we have, when we ever talk about this again on future episodes um, and when I eventually name my conference, you know, 10 episodes from now uh, and we'll talk about this forever. Um, I'm just writing it down here. So, so far, this is what we got. We got the Clemson Tigers, for myself and the ACC. We got the Duke Blue Devils for yourself. We got in the Big 12, we got Texas Longhorns for me. You got West Virginia for yourself. For the Big 10, you got Ohio State. I got the Wisconsin Badgers, which was a pretty big matchup this year in the college football season. That was a good yep. game. Um, then you got for the Pac-12, you got Colorado, uh, and I got Washington. Um, for the SEC, you have Tennessee and Georgia. You went with two rivals there, kind of. Um, and then I got Old Miss and Alabama. Uh, and then for the rest of five, it's the SMU Mustangs and uh, the Rice Owls. So it's our last pick. Um, you know what? I'm going to be nice. I'm going to give it to you, Nick. You can take it. Oh, okay. You can take it. I'm going to let you pick this one. You get the la- You get the first pick of the last pick here. There has been a trade. <laughs> You know what, actually, this picks. is what I'll do. You give me Kirby Smart, I give you this pick. There's no way that's going to happen. No, that's that's the deal. That's Kirby Sorry. Smart, you get this pick. There, there was no negotiations. <laughs> I'll still take the pick, though. Um, <laughs> so I am going to go with, surprise, surprise, Georgia State from the Sun Belt. What's their mascot? The Georgia State what? The Georgia State Panthers. Got it. Panthers. Uh, they Don't they play in the Braves old stadium? Yeah. I mean, where else would you want to play? <laughs> they played Rhode Island uh, this year, actually. Back in August, that was their first game. Did they really? Yeah, they played. They did, they, did, they did they crush the Rams? Did they crush them? I, by a touchdown. Only a touchdown? That's it? Yeah. The Rhode Island Rams are awful. <laughs> oh, my God. The Rhode Island Rams, like, 
Oh, God, when we were in school, they didn't win us like a single game one year. They think they won one game one year. It was a meme. Like two, three years, they won like two games. And for like a year and a half, they didn't win any games. It was ridiculous. They're awful. They're absolutely, like, absolutely one of those terrible. Is, oh, my God. They're, they're so bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not good. So I got the last pick here. Um, and uh, looking at where I'm going to go, where am I going to go? You know, I could look at the ACC here. Do I want to give them some love? Um, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12. You know, it's it's tough to watch those Pac-12 games, you know, even though really they're going to be joining the Pac, uh, the Big 10. I mean, it's tough to watch those games on the West Coast, you know, um, especially if you're on Central or East time here. Um, I think for the last one, uh, I am, I actually, I, I, you know, even though it's tough to watch them, I'm going to go with a, uh, West coast team here. I'm going to take the team out of the pack 12. Um, the team I kind of, I watched when I was a little kid, my dad seemed to like them. Uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the USC Trojans. I'll take, I'll take that from my daddy. He likes them. Classic, so. classic pick. So I'll take the Southern Cal Trojans just for him. They're part of the conference. Um, I don't have a name yet. Um, I'm looking at this and they're all over the country. I mean, I go from South Carolina to Texas to Wisconsin to Washington to California to uh, Mississippi to Alabama to Texas again. So I'm all over the place. I really don't know what I'm going to call this conference. I will on the next episode. I promise I'll have a name for my conference. I got and I'll rice try to come up with a logo. I'm going to try to come up with a logo wings. for you. What? I got the rice and buffalo wings. <laughs> and then you got a state that's known for putting chili on spaghetti for some reason. Um, and then you got the fattest bastards in all of the United States at West Virginia. Um, Tennessee is also extremely fat. Um, <laughs> the Duke Blue Devils, I mean... The, the the devils it's in their name that they're, they're obviously fat uh and and georgia is really the only team that's that's not it's like the pinnacle of of human development really <laughs> it really yeah. is it really georgia. georgia's the pinnacle that's yeah. like yeah i'm sure it, i'm really I'm, I'm positive that you're correct on that i know i know you don't um, have to tell me um i mean i gotta say looking at this i mean i think um you know would be interesting is I think I, I might have, you know, the Badgers might be really good in hockey. Um, football, if, if, if football doesn't work out, I think the Badgers can be really good in hockey. But I'm going to have a terrible basketball team, basketball conference here. Oh, uh, I, got look, I don't think I have a single conference. basketball school on this list. Tennessee, um, so I mean, Georgia State, Duke, Georgia, even their basketball programs on the up and up right now. You I, see Colorado in every now and then. You're going to kill me on basketball because Duke is just going to – I mean, oh, they're yeah. just going to roll. I mean, I don't have a single basketball school on here. I should have thought about that, right? Because Clemson, football, the Texas Longhorns. So you're not football. thinking. Fat you know, and then I mean, the Badgers might be okay in basketball a little bit maybe. Yeah, Probably not. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big basketball guy, so, like, they I don't think I'm going to be good in basketball. But it's okay. I'm going all football, man. I'm going – um. You know, I'm going SEC style. We're going all football. We don't care about basketball. We're going all football, and then we'll have one team that plays hockey. It's okay. Yep. Um. You Perfect. know, 
Well, uh, yeah. All right. So that ca- that concludes college football. We're done. We're, it's that's all it. pretty much over. It's that's it. Um, it what a run and. I gotta say, now it's on to football. It's now the NFL playoffs is here. We got some coach openings. What do you think, man? Your Falcons are literally in the news constantly. I am in bliss because Arthur Smith was fired. You asked me what my closing remarks were last episode, and I will tell you that I put this into existence. Arthur Smith was fired because I said so. And Arthur Blank listened to our podcast and that's what convinced him. He said, damn, Nicholas is really suffering under the yoke of Arthur Smith. And honestly, I don't like having another Arthur around. So he fired him, gave him the can. And you know what? I'm happy that the Saints ran another a play at the one-yard line while they were in victory formation. So then you could see Arthur Smith get all pissy like a little bitch. You know what? I'm sick of his ass. I'm glad he's gone. I don't know why he can't utilize Bijan Robinson, one of the best running backs in the NFL, Kyle Pitts, one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and Drake London, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And he can't make a damn game plan to get him open. Get him out of here. I don't want to see him anymore. That's all I have to say about that. But, I mean, you're being touted as the best coaching position. I mean, everyone wants to go coach in Atlanta, I guess. I, I, I'm, ha- I'm happy to have any coach. Bring Jim Harbaugh. Bring Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel. Pete Carroll. I mean, Kirby Smart. Bring them all in. They all can coach. I mean, anyone's better than Arthur Smith. And literally, this roster is set for next year. You just need a friggin' quarterback. And there are plenty of options available. They so you're telling build. me you, you truly believe that the Falcons is a better opening right now than the Chargers? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, the Chargers like, have a quarterback. The Chargers have a quarterback. And nothing else. Like, literally nothing else. Keenan Allen? Okay, maybe he's a good wide receiver, but like that offensive line is terrible. The I Falcons' mean, offensive line. Give us Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is suffering, and he is his life force is being sucked away by the city of Los Angeles. Bring I mean, him to Atlanta. He'll look fantastic with the helmet. I mean, it'll be great, and then we'll go and win a Super Bowl. Like, how is the Patriots not a great opening too? You're sitting at the third pick. You get a ton of cap space. And that defense is legit. The defense is only legit is because Bill Belichick made it so. All right? Put some respect on his name. Bill Belichick is going to come down to Atlanta. Nick Saban's going to be defensive coordinator. You watch. I'm going to speak it into existence. I'm going to manifest this. And then Mike Vrabel is going to be like linebacker coach or something. Jim Harbaugh is going to come. He's going to play offensive coordinator. This team will be unstoppable. I'm telling you. You are really you my, are really drinking the Kool-Aid over there, aren't I, you? Let me live in my delusional world where all <laughs> of this happens, and I don't have to worry about the NFL next year because the rest of the NFL will have to worry about me. You're, you're really in this, this delusion. Um, I, I don't think the Falcons' job is really that great. 
I mean, I think you got some pieces there, sure, but you're picking eighth. So you, you got to hope Jaden Daniels falls to you, and if he doesn't, you're going to go with – say you get a draft someone, you're going to go with Penix, which, I mean – I got to tell you, if we I'm, – I'm being absolutely realistic here. Um, I don't think we're going to draft a quarterback. I think we're going to go and sign a quarterback. So um, who, Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. I've been hearing Russell Wilson. Um, Justin Fields, depending on what Chicago is going to do, if they're going to ruin their franchise again or not. Um, I mean, those are, those are all really good options. And then if you want to go and draft Penix, that's fine. But he he needs to be like behind Kirk Cousins or or Russell Wilson or whoever for however long they're gonna be in Atlanta. You know, I'd what say you do? like two years is is you, good enough. You know what you do? You do the Packers method, right? Because all they do is get um franchise quarterbacks. So what you do is you take a guy in like the end of the first round and you just have him sit for three years. Yep. Forget about him. You draft him end of the first round. If you you put him in the you put another guy in, you know, put a veteran in for like three years. He retires or walks away, and suddenly there's your franchise quarterback. He's amazing. He's unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. From Brett Farr, Aaron Rodgers, to uh, Love. Or Russell Wilson. Probably not Justin Fields, but like Kirk Cousin, Russell Wilson. Those are like the veterans that you want if you're going to go and draft a quarterback. So like the Falcons need to figure it out pretty quickly, like who their coach is going to be and if they're going to go for a quarterback or not, because they could also just trade up in the draft as well. I mean, I think they have a couple of good pieces. I think if they wanted to move Pitts, like it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, <clears throat> so you pick, you send Pitts and the first round pick to you know whoever's above you. Um, I think that if you're gonna do that and go and get um, Daniels, then then you need to make that move. Um, I just don't. I don't. I'm just not sure about getting if we have. Bill Belichick come in and get hired, then I don't know if I want to have a rookie quarterback. I think I want to have someone that's going to win now and not um, the potential of like going to have to need a year for development, year and a half in order to figure him out. Uh, we wasted a lot of time with Desmond Ritter, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I just. Whoever their next quarterback is, they need to win. Plain and simple. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I said to you at the beginning of the day, I think you should trade for Kyler. Um, maybe you could trade for Fields. If Fields is if, if the Bears are gonna go with uh Caleb Williams, maybe you trade for Fields. Um I mean, I don't know. I, I think you'll you'll I mean you get a decent defense, you get a good offense around it. It's it's a decent coaching opening, I would say. I think you guys struck a little bit above your weight class this year, personally. Um, so I could see a coach going there the first year and struggling. I don't think you're going to get a new coach and suddenly go to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think you you could show improvement. I think you might regress next year and then the year after that, maybe you're a contender. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think I see why you're optimistic because you, you got a great foundation. And now you got to go get the last piece. But how many teams in the past have had a fantastic foundation like you had and then can't find the quarterback? Time and time again, you see some great teams. They can't get the quarterback. They got the amazing foundation and can't get over the hump. And right now you're in a position where a lot of other teams are. There's a lot of teams here, like especially with all these coach firings. None of these teams have quarterbacks. 
Um, the Carolina Panthers, I, they got to go another year with Bryce Young. They gave up too much for him. So they're going to roll with Bryce Young. But I don't know. And then the Chargers are the only one with a quarterback. And then you look at the Titans. They don't have a quarterback. The Commanders, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, I don't think they're going to stay with Howell. Uh, the Seahawks don't have a quarterback. The Raiders don't have a quarterback. The Patriots don't, and neither do the Falcons. None of these teams have quarterbacks. So that's why I think the Chargers is the best opening because they have the quarterback. And Bill Belichick can build a defense. I think he should go to L.A. I think he should just go sit in the sun and build his team there. He can he sit can... in the sun in Georgia and win a Super Bowl. He's not, he's not going to want to build a team. He's going to want to go to a team that's already got the foundation, e.g. Atlanta, and that just needs to go and get a couple pieces. And I think the general manager, Terry Fontenot, for Atlanta, is has made some really good free agent signings. And we have some more cap room going into this offseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if we sign a quarterback or, or are able to take on a bigger contract. I mean... Trade for Kyler, trade for Justin, go get Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. There's plenty of options available, and I think everyone would want to play for Atlanta. You got a great running game. You got Patterson, you got Algier, you got B. John Robinson, like the three-headed beast. And then you got Drake London, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and Kyle Pitts and, and Smith as well, Jonu Smith. I mean, just a great tight end. I mean, and the their line is is pretty much all NFL. I would say um, they got hurt kind of in the middle of the season, but Chris Lindstrom, Jake Matthews, like these are all like really good. Can't, names. can't you argue that the Seahawks are in are a very similar team to the Falcons, and they're better off? They got a better defense. They have a better wide receiver core, wide receiver core, and then they just they just need a quarterback too. I mean, I would I would say the Seahawks is probably the best open. I mean, I mean the Seahawks are another one. I mean, outside the, I mean, where would you rather play in one of the most competitive divisions in the NFL, or one where you can get a home field advantage right off the bat just by winning the division in in the NFC South? All these other teams, the Bucks, the Saints, the Panthers, like that, they, they're all regressing next season, no doubt in my mind. So it's it's really the the vision to take for the Falcons, and it's unfortunate that they couldn't take it this season because they would have played the Eagles, and I think that's a, that's a fun matchup. I I hear you there. How the division is tougher for the Seahawks. Get it? But they almost made the playoffs this year in that tough division. You're gonna think, say the Rams regress. Matthew Stafford's not getting any younger. Eventually, that Rams team is gonna have to rebuild. They they keep retooling it. Somehow they somehow Sean McVay is getting somehow Sean McVay keeps doing. But eventually, that team is gonna have to completely go from the ground up. They're gonna have to rebuild. And the 49ers, man, they are one early playoff exit from completely blowing up. Right? I mean, they could this that team could go on this year and win the Super Bowl, or say they lose first their their second round divisional match. Say they lose it, they could completely blow it up. I mean. You don't know what you're getting with San Francisco. We could be on the verge of a San Francisco dynasty. Sure, could be. Or we could be on the verge of the same thing that happened with San Francisco under Harbaugh, team that completely falls apart. Yep. I think I think the Seahawks is one of the best openings. I think Pete Carroll, he's a fantastic uh, coach at drafting. He can find these guys. I think he set that team up. I think if I'm, if I'm a free agent or whatever, as a quarterback like Kirk Cousins could go there, you can win. 
It's a great place to play. The fans are, oh my God, the fans are diehard. I think it's, I mean, I think the 12th man's a little bit better of an atmosphere than say where you're going to get in Atlanta. Atlanta, they're pretty, they, I think they're quiet, much quieter compared to what you're getting in Seattle. Um, I think it's the best opening personally. Um, and I think the person that should take that is Harbaugh. How I now, I mean, when Harbaugh, we coached with the 49ers, the Seahawks were his rival, right? He had this thing with Pete Carroll. They had that little rivalry there for a while. Him versus the um, the Legion of uh, the Legion of Doom or Legion of Boom, whatever that was. Um, seriously, that was a great little rivalry there with with Sherman and all that. But wouldn't that be a slap into San Francisco's face if Hardball goes sign and signs there? He didn't end the best in San Francisco. He goes to Seattle and then he beats Shannon. Wouldn't that be something? Now that's right and stuff. That's Harbaugh's revenge tour. He gets a Super Bowl. He finds his quarterback. Maybe he even takes McCarthy. <laughs> Maybe he drafts his own quarterback and he can somehow game manage and get that team into a Super Bowl. Um, I think that's the best spot for Harbaugh. I think he gets his revenge. He could get a Super Bowl. He's got a great team. Um, he knows. I think he knows his draft class. He knows Penix pretty well. He just played him. Um, he's coming from college. I think he could somehow land a good quarterback. I mean, he. You know, he found Kaepernick, um, and he was good for a little while. I think he can do it. I think that could be a fantastic spot for him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I don't see how Seattle is not appealing to people, to be honest. I mean, I, I said earlier that it, it's in a really difficult division, but you really only have to deal with the 49ers. Right. I mean, you got Arizona and then you got Los Angeles there. Uh, and, and you're right. Matthew Stafford doesn't get any younger. But it I don't I'm not sure if he wants to go there or what direction that they want to go to. I mean, there's so many candidates that are up in the air. Um, you you look at the Vrabel firing, right? And I could see him going to Seattle. I could also see him going to the Patriots um, because he has that history there. But Seattle is very appealing for any coaching candidate. Um, I've also heard that Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, uh, may be looking into that job. Yeah, I've and heard I that too. I think that's, that's a good spot for him too because he knows the system because he's kind of had a hand in building that defense. Um, Bobby Wagner's still there, mind you. That man is old as hell, and he's still playing linebacker. Um, so he'll know them, uh, and I think that he could fit in pretty quickly at at, at that point. So, and if, if you if want, Pete, if if you want to just hit the there. ground running, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you want to hit the ground running, get Dan Quinn. Um, I'm not sure what Pete Carroll's role is going to be. It sounds like he's like some kind of like geriatric, like old president that they keep around just for funsies. Uh, yeah, he was pretty much fired, and they just don't want to say that. So, right, yeah, he's definitely not happy about this role. I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't um, seem like it to me. No, because he said like the couple days before he's not retiring or he doesn't want to retire, and then this happened. So, really strange. Um. What are your th- where do you think Belichick honestly goes? It's so hard not to say Atlanta because everyone's been saying it, right? I mean, you look at what he would want to do, right? And he wants to start winning immediately. Um, and I really don't see him 
wanted to go out west, right? He doesn't strike me as a guy who is going to want to, like, move across the country as opposed to just move down south a little bit. And I think it's going to be better for his health anyways because it gets cold as hell in New England. Um, And you can, like, play in a dome half the time. I, I... I just don't see how he doesn't end up as like the top tier candidates that Atlanta is considering there. Um, otherwise, he I could see him going to Tennessee because he knows the AFC. Um, He's he, from Nashville. He born and raised right. in, born in yeah, Nashville. Ex- he was raised in Maryland, but yeah, yeah. He he knows that area. Like Vrabel already kind of worked on these like Patriot values, probably in in Tennessee so he could probably pick up pretty well um but the problem is is like Derrick Henry's getting old right well I think Derrick Henry addressed the crowd I think he's done I don't think Derrick Henry's gonna be in Tennessee any longer I think somehow he's done and I think he's I think that was his last game as a Titan I don't think he's gonna be a Titan again I think somehow he gets his way out of it and then he I don't know if he's a free agent or he can somehow get cut and he goes somewhere else but I think Derrick Henry is done yeah. In uh, in Tennessee, I think he's all done. Yeah, so I mean, it it just kind of seems like the Titans are in shambles. I don't see him really wanting to go to Seattle, um, and deal with the NFC. So it really just kind of leaves the the Falcons right there, um, and I just don't see it any other way unless the Falcons want to go with a different candidate, like someone who's younger. Hmm. Honestly, after the Arthur Smith fiasco, I'm happy to take anyone. Carol, Vrabel, Belichick, like what have you. Um, I mean, they're all these coaches that are like actual good coaches are getting let go. It just doesn't really make much sense to me. And then you got like Mike Eberflus, the coach of the Chicago Bears, who's keeping his job. And they came out and said that he's going to stay around for for another year. Like, How dumb was that? I mean, what they, that is was going a perfect on spot in for Chicago? Are they dropping acid or something constantly? They're just that like, was... how we want to build this team? And then they're like, hold on. Let me do a line of coke real quick. Like, I just don't understand. what. Like what... They should have fired him and got hardball in there. Like, yes. Front... What are Especially they doing? With, I mean, they could still just fire Eberflus, too, because... To me, with all these coaches that are like up for grabs, you gotta think one of them is better than him. Good lord! Like it's, yeah. At, at Chicago's got to figure it out. I don't know what's going on there. Like the Alzheimer's is hitting hard. Their owner, some I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, honestly, I want to know what they're gonna do. If if you're the Bears right now. Do you roll with Fields next year? Do you trade that first pick? Do you go with Caleb Williams? What do you do? That's to Bears. me, it just doesn't really make sense how this is even a question for them. They should keep Justin Fields. Like the time to get rid of Justin Fields was a year ago, two years ago, right? When you could possibly have CJ Stroud on the board, right? Well, see, that, that wasn't the thing him. though, because it, everyone was taking Bryce Young last year. That's that's unfair because like Every okay, Bryce. I still Bryce think Young. Bryce Young could still do better in Chicago than he does in 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 Carolina. So Bryce Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whoever they end up with, like that's 
that was the time to go for it. I, now it's like you're stuck with Eberflus, and now you don't want to commit to Justin Fields for some reason. And you're thinking, well, I can draft Daniels. Like, who, who, who's it going to be? I don't know why this is even a coin flip, to be honest. I, I don't know what Chicago is thinking. They're, to me, this, this, like, disheartens Justin Fields, too. I mean, you think you're the guy, and then all of a sudden, like, there's a good quarterback on the board, and you've got the first pick. It, it just seems like they want to get rid of him. I, I I if if I'm the Bears, I'm taking Caleb Williams. It's just he's so good. I I, yeah. I get that I get that he has he comes out with some he's come out with some dumb stuff, right? He's definitely said the wrong things. You get it. But his mechanics, the way he sees the field, he's a really good quarterback. Yeah. And I know I know you're gonna say we've heard the same story with Trevor with Trevor Lawrence. We've heard it with Andrew Locke. They never pan out. Caleb Williams is really good. Uh, he's really, really good. I, I get he wasn't on a winning team. Um, you know, USC didn't have the defense this year, but what I've seen out of Caleb Williams is proven. He's he, he fights to the end too. He'll play hurt. I mean, he wants to win games. He's got that competitive nature. I'm taking Caleb Williams all day, all day. I'm taking him. I think he's the most complete player. And then I'm somehow trying to move Fields. I think Fields would be great, like you said, in a trade to Atlanta for maybe a second-round pick. Sure, do it. I'm sure you guys would take him for a second-round pick. Send him to Atlanta. He's from Georgia anyway. Fine. Fields would probably be good in a dome. I'm going with that. I'm just. I think at this point, the Bears have to hit a home run. What you do this year, the Bears have to finally hit a home run. You have to. You've got to find that quarterback. And Caleb Williams right now is the sure thing. Just do it. Yeah, he's saying some dumb stuff. Hopefully, you can hopefully with the right coaching, you know, he cools down a bit. You know, I mean, maybe his ego kind of hit him this year. He lost some games. They did not have the year they thought they were going to have. Maybe it's back to the jarring board. Maybe that was enough. But just, I'm rolling. I'm going all chips in, Caleb Williams, with the first pick. If that's if I'm the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm happy to have Justin Fields over Desmond Ritter because Desmond Ritter is not the guy. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of questions in Chicago, a lot of questions all around the NFL. There's a lot of questions honestly. in Washington, too. You're yeah. sitting there with the second pick. You got a ton of cap space. There, That's been enough. That was a spot Bill Belichick was men, um, mentioned a lot before Atlanta was Washington, Washington, Washington. And, um, I don't understand why Bill would want to go there. I get you got cap space. I get that you got the second pick. I'm trying to think who you take at number two. Are they, are they taking the kid from North Carolina? I guess. I guess they're taking Drake May. Um, but you already got a kid from UNC. So why are you taking another one from UNC? I don't get that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think... Sam Howell might be better than Drake May. I, 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 I get Drake May was a high recruit. I get that he turned down the SEC powers in Georgia and Alabama. I get that he stayed in his home state or whatever he did. I just don't get it. I mean, we've well, been down the me, UNC it's route. Ju it's just like Washington's main problem was their offensive line this year. I think Howell could, could have turned out a lot better if he had just half a competent offensive line like maybe a really good guard like instead of getting sacked all the time 
I, I, I don't think they go and draft a quarterback. I think you want to get a weapon for Sam Howell or you want to trade back, maybe get, get some linemen in the offseason. What they should do is whoever needs a quarterback, they should trade back. And I know they can take Marvin Harrison Jr. And a lot of people are high on him, but you also have neighbors from LSU. Yeah. There, right. Neighbors is a good wide receiver. He's really good. Right. You could trade back. You could get neighbors later and you can get some, you can get some assets. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Washington, I'm trading back. I, I don't know why Bill Belichick would want to go there. Cause that, that's going to take effort. Washington, you're not going to win right away. It's going to take time to rebuild them. You know, you know, you're probably in a three-year rebuild with Washington. And I, like I said, though, I would roll with Howell for now because yeah. he had a relatively decent year. You know. Yeah, he had some good games. I mean, he made mistakes just like any rookie would, but at the same time, you're wondering if he had a little bit extra time in the pocket, what his stats would be like as opposed to what they are now. Totally. Um, I think the worst opening, though, has to be... I, I, I know you had said Belichick would go there. I think the Titans is the worst opening. I think the owner has shown... They do not care. They just um, that fan base. I mean, it's really struggling. That fan base has struggled. It's more of a college football, um, you know, college football down there. It fan base has struggled. The team has I think struggled. You're forgetting the about Carolina. Carolina has an opening. They just fired their coach. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm. Th- I know Carolina. No, no, no. I still think Tennessee's worse. Really? Oh yeah, I think Tennessee's worse. I, I really do. I get that. I get that the, the the Panthers owner is kind of nuts. I get it. But I think, and I get that you're probably going to be on a short lease, sure. But, you know, I you still you still have some hope in Carolina. I haven't given up on Bryce Young yet. Um, that team might still have some pieces. I, I, I get that they don't have a first-round pick this year because they went all in for Bryce Young, sure. Um, but next year they get their first-round pick back. Um, so if they got another bad year, they'll be picking higher. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, I think the Tennessee Titans is the worst one. Cause I think the Titans are just going downhill. I think, they, I think you, you take out Vrabel. I think Vrabel was keeping that team together without him. I think that team is going to be the worst, one of the worst teams in the league next year. And I think whoever they hire, unless it's Bill Belichick will probably get fired next year. I just do not think it's a good job. I think Carolina might get fired again too, but you got to hope that, you know, you got to hope that the, the Panthers owner, you got to hope that, you know, Tepper is just like, hey, you give the guy one year and just let it go. I mean, he's going to give someone like a, some some room here because right now you don't have draft capital for next year. I mean, for this year. So, like, you got to give whoever you give a shot. Just let him get – if he has one bad year, just get someone who believes in Bryce Young, get an offensive-minded coach, let him feel out the first year and then the second and the year after that you can really decide what you want to do. Um, and kind of build from there. So I don't think Carolina is too bad as long as the owner just doesn't have expectations for next year. If he has expectations for next year, yeah, you're right. Carolina's a terrible one. But I think Tennessee is going to be terrible as well. I think that team's awful. Tannehill's, Tannehill is not coming. You don't have a quarterback um, unless you believe in Will Levitt's. Um, Will Levis, mayo, and my coffee. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I mean, unless you believe in him, and I just I don't think they're a good team. I don't. No. I mean, and Derrick Henry's, I think, gone. So I think those two teams are starting from the ground up, sure. Um, the Raiders might not be terrible. Um, the Raiders have some – I don't think the Raiders is awful. Also, the coach would be living in Vegas, so at least you're living in a really fun spot. 
<laughs> so it's um, to me, I just think that Antonio Pierce has that job. The way that that the team played for him, like after McDaniel's got, he camp, deserves it. He one hundred percent deserves it. Um, I, what about Belichick going there because Brady's part owner? Huh? Imagine of, of Brady calls him. Huh? Imagine, yeah, Brady's like minority owner in the Raiders. I didn't know that. Yeah, how cool would that be? I, I mean, oh my God, there's Patriots fans salivating at that one, huh? Oh my God, all the <laughs> Patriots fans that left, they go to I think know, some Raiders fans would kill themselves if Belichick became the coach because of the tuck rule and everything. <laughs> I mean, 22 years later, they probably, 23 years later, they can't let it go. I guarantee you. You go to, you, you talk to a true Raiders fan, not someone who just picked them up because they were in Las Vegas, like a Oakland Raiders fan. And you mention the tuck rule, they're going to get so pissed off. I feel like everyone's got that one family member that's a Raiders fan, too. I think everyone's got that one member of the family like, oh, yeah, he's the Raiders Yeah, fan. he's in and out of prison. He also likes the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the the one he comes for Thanksgiving dinner. You're like, yeah, that's the Raiders one. You're like, yep. oh, really? That is? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll stay away from him. Yep. Um, yeah, they have a, they have an interesting fan base. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Raiders, seriously though, it'd be funny though. Him and Brady reunion. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Say though, wouldn't the Raiders be kind of fun if they got good? Um, I I like the Raiders uniforms, so seeing them around would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I think the uniforms are great. The silver and black. Um, they got that cool fight song. Was it Autumn Wind? The Autumn Wind is a pirate. Um, that's like a, that's a funny song. It's like a song or like him or whatever they have. Um, it's like an old NFL films thing from back in the day. Um, yeah. no, they got a cool history. They had you know, um, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in like the 1970s when like Stabler was running around. I mean, him I would have loved to have seen Stabler in person. Stabler was one of those 70s quarterbacks. I wish I could have seen. Um. He just seemed fun. He was like that mobile guy before the snake. Oh, it'd be kind of cool. Um, another Alabama guy, by the way, just to get dead in there. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So we kind of beat the coaching dead horse. Let's talk about some playoff matchups. I I gotta say, I'm looking forward to most of these games. Most? The... You say most. Which which are the games you're not looking forward to? I'd say the Steelers and Bills game. I'm not excited about. Hey, the Steelers um, could win that. They they could win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just don't really care for either team. Not that I hate them or anything, but I'm by the way, we have to have a moment of silence for all the Swifties out there. They uh-huh. put the Dolphins Chiefs game on Peacock, which means all the Swifties out there have to pay the streaming service fee to watch the game. And you know they are going to. They're oh, they're say, going to. One hundred percent. And then they're gonna forget to unsubscribe from Peacock. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get them for another few months until they figure it out. They're 100%. like, why is this $5 charge <laughs> on my card? Why does it say Peacock? I don't even know what that is. You know the NFL did that on purpose, though. Oh, yeah, they absolutely did. 100%, they, 100%. they did that on purpose. I'm, I just hope that the Dolphins win. Um, I'm kind of sick of seeing the Chiefs. Because if the Dolphins win, then it's really... Kind of the Eagles who have been um, to the Super Bowl last, and I just think they're getting eliminated by the Buccaneers in that game. No doubt in my mind. 
Um, so as far as the Browns Texans game goes, because that's the first one. I'm excited about this game. Oh I'm, my god, I'm excited. I just want to see Flacco sling it. It's just classic old man gunslinger. I want him to win this game. I want him to go to Baltimore and play the Ravens. Uh, I heard that Joe Flacco has lots of incentives built into his contract based on playoff play. So if he wins this game, he gets $250,000, and then it increases by double increments. So next game, if he wins, it's 500000 If he wins in the AFC Championship, it's a million dollars, and then he wins $2 million if he wins the Super Bowl. So look out for the Dark Horse, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, I think they're going to win this game. I think they win it by by about 10 points. Um, I think so, that... you, so you're going against the state of Texas? Is that yeah, absolutely. Right? You're going against Texas right now? Yep. That, 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 that's, uh, you don't Texas, go against the state of Texas. You don't you don't go against the state of Texas. Texas um, is going to eat it uh, this weekend, especially because the Packers are playing the Cowboys. Okay. We're, we're going to start with the Texans matchup first. By the way, fun funny story for you. I was listening to Alabama radio today, and you wouldn't be amazed with how many callers called in saying they want the next Alabama head coach to be D'Amico Ryan's. So those of you that don't know, D'Amico Ryans did go to the University of Alabama. He was there between 2002 and 2005. He was a second-round pick out of Alabama. The people down there, they think and they want, a lot of people want him to be the next head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. This man is the head coach of the Houston Texans, who is maybe having a coach of the year-like season to leave the Houston Texans with that loaded loaded roster that could be on the verge of a, dy- a, a dynasty. They might, it might not be this year, but they could be in the next, you know, their future in the next five years is bright to leave the Houston Texans to go coach the University of Alabama. God bless Al- Al- Alabama fans. I love it. I absolutely love the passion. <laughs> He's not leaving the Houston Texans. Houston Texans should win this game. Houston Texans, they're hot. They won the division. They come in. They're hosting this. this they're hosting this game. I got to go with the state of Texas. I love their quarterback. I absolutely love this team. This team is deep. I love it. I love them. I love the Texans here. I think they're home underdogs. Bet I'm betting the Texans. I'm riding with the Texans right now. Let's go. Texas Unite. We're going to come together um, as all of Texas here, and we're going to root on the Texans. Let's go. Let's ride. I'm excited. Um, Will Anderson, three sacks. Confirmed. CJ Stroud's going to throw an interception. He's going to lose the game because no the way, defense no is way. Good. This is yeah. Texans got this man. I am so high on them. This is they're going to. They might not make it past this round, but I mean they're going to. They might not make it further after the first round, but I think they can beat the Browns. I do. Um, it'd be a really good feel good story. I totally agree with you with the Joe Flacco story. I would love him to go to Baltimore and get a win there. Great story. You're playing the Houston Texans. You're playing a good team. This team's hot. They're young. They and they're they're gonna get it done. They're they're gonna get it done. Um, Flacco's. This is what's gonna happen, right? It's gonna be seventeen all. It's gonna be like thirty seconds left. Flacco's gonna rip a sig. And he's gonna throw a fifty yard bomb in the end zone to Amari Cooper. Yep, to Amari <laughs> Cooper. It, it uh, honestly, it, it, I know you love the state of Ohio. It'd be great for the state of Ohio to get this this win, um, you know. But te- Texas got this one. Houston's got it. The Texans are going to do it. I really think so. Um, they're well oiled machine, and uh, 
This is Will Anderson's coming out party. Everybody be, be ready for it. This is a Will Anderson show. Um, CJ Stroud's going to have a great game in his playoff debut. Um, they're going to get it done. I, I really do. I think they're going to get it done. Um, Texans win. I think it's going to be close. You might even get overtime in this one. But calling it Texans, Texans get the W. That's my pick. Yeah, well, Miles Garrett has something to say about that, and he says no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Browns are going to win it. Then um, we got uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs playing. All right. Here's a little Saturday stat for night. you. The Miami Dolphins are 0-10 in playoff games when it's below 40 degrees. Oh, they're going to struggle mightily. So and people I, that don't know, it's going to be it's going to be like nine degrees in Kansas City, but I think it's going to feel like negative ten. Um, it's going to be cold in Kansas City on Saturday, Saturday night. It is going to be cold. Um, and Miami historically, like we said, zero and ten when it's below forty. Um, but with that with with that stat, zero and ten. Eventually, you got to win, right? Yeah. Eventually mm-hmm. you gotta break it. But they're playing Patrick Mahomes. They are playing a bad man. If you wanna if you want to channel your inner talking bad. Head, he's a bad man. He, he's a bad man, Pat Mahomes. Um Mahomes is a good quarterback. He's elite. He can he can win. Um I really think that the Dolphins are gonna lose this game based on their offense and not their defense. It's all contingent. If Waddle and Mozart play for the Dolphins, you get a chance. But if they don't play, I mean, that's the, that's the problem with Miami. They're always hurt. They come to the playoffs the past couple of years hurt. Um, They cannot get healthy at the end of the year. And then they go play somewhere cold, and they're screwed. Yeah. You got a feel for Miami. You do. Um, I, I would like to see the Dolphins win this game. If I had to, If I had to tell you what I want, I want Tua. And Waddle to have a great game. I want Waddle to play. I want Miami to win. I want it. I do. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, this team is the Chiefs are going to click. The Chiefs are going to win this game. They will win. It's at home. It could be close. Maybe depends on what Tua shows up, what offense shows up, who's hurt, who's not. Uh, Chiefs get it done. But uh, uh poor Dolphins. Poor Gotta Dolphins. Agree with you there. I can't believe they blew the division. I mean, they couldn't get it done over the Bills. I mean, it just come on. Yeah. You know, Miami has not beat beaten. They've beaten, I think, one team over five hundred this year, and that's the Cowboys. Yep. And the Cowboys. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, we're gonna get into that. <laughs> um, the next game, the one o'clock game on Sunday, is the Steelers Bills. I agree with you. Um, I think this might be um the most boring game of the weekend. You could get an absolute blowout in either direction. I think the Bills win it. Um little worried that um the Bills have the potential maybe to go on a deep run. And I don't want to see Josh Allen in a Super Bowl. I don't. Um and I'm gonna stick with it that Josh Allen is not a quarterback and wouldn't win a Super Bowl. I'm gonna stick with that take. I'm gonna go down fighting and until he yeah. gets one. You know why he's not gonna win a Super Bowl? Because he leads the NFL in turnovers in the last what? Seven years. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. He's thrown like ninety to a hundred interceptions. It honestly, this game could go either way, and um, um, I I think the Bills win though. I do think they win. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Steelers win. Um, but Bills probably get it done. It's probably going to be a not so fun game for us. 
Um, but looking at it, I think if that were to happen, um, I think that means the the Chiefs would have to go to Buffalo for the next round, right? Yep. Yeah, um, the the Chiefs um won their division. Yeah, they would have to. The Chiefs won, and then the the Bills did. So that means if if the Bills win and the Chiefs win, that means they're playing, and that means Mahomes has to go to Josh Allen's home. Oh, that'd be that's must yeah. see TV. If you're talking NFL scripts here, we were talking about scripts last week. We're talking about scripts again. That's a perfect script. Yeah, uh, script I should say. That's perfect. Um, you can't get much better than that. Um, yeah, the NFL is going to want that to happen. That'd be a good one. Then, then one now, then then you'll get Josh Allen will finally win, huh? Be Mahomes on the road. It would be great though if Mahomes goes in there and beats Josh Allen. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. I'm kind of pulling for that at this point. I, if you got to get that, I'd rather Mahomes. I'd rather Mahomes. Don't like Josh Allen. So that's definitely the worst game of the weekend. Um, if there's a time I'm going to take off from football this weekend, um, it's going to be that game. I'm going to I'm going to go do my grocery shopping, um, clean you know clean my house, get some dishes done during yeah. that game. I know it's a long weekend. I could do it all Monday if I wanted to, but you're going to you know, be emotionally be... exhausted by the time the Cowboys game is over. And that's going to be a, like a full five hour game. Okay. Now it's time to talk about the Cowboys. So, um, this is my prediction. Okay. You're now, shivering now, in your now let, let, let's talk some Cowboys. Cause we had your Falcons talk. This is what's going to happen, right? Bill Belichick is not going to decide on where he's coaching. Nope. He's going to wait until Monday morning. You know why he's going to wait till Monday morning? Because the Cowboys are going to lose to the Green Bay Packers. Why are they going to lose to the Green Bay Packers? Let me tell you something. They haven't beaten the Packers in the playoffs since the 1990s. I don't remember beating the Packers in the playoffs because I was six months old. Okay? They haven't beat them in years. In years. Right? Um... And it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. That the cheeseheads will be victorious again. Um, it's just this is just the story how it goes. The Packers beat the the Cowboys in the playoffs. It's just how it goes. Um, whether it's in Dallas, in Lambeau, whether Dez caught the ball or not, doesn't matter. The Packers beat the Cowboys every time, and it's going to happen. It will happen. And it just sucks because they, once again, I'm just so mad that they go from one franchise quarterback to another. You go from Favre to Rodgers to Love. Come on. Come on. And they're going to come in and they're going to They're going to win. They're going to win. I'm telling you they're going to win and um and if they don't, they're going to give Dallas enough of a scare that then Dallas will lose next week. You know, only them could screw up. Right? Only them could screw up this two seed. You got to play two home games to make it to the NFC Championship and they'll screw it up. If if it's possible to screw up, they will do it. And oh, yeah. it's so frustrating. Like, I sent you a text after we won the division. I said, you, I'm buying my division champs hat. Because I know that's the only thing that will say champions for probably the next two years because then no, they don't, no one in the NFC East wins back-to-back division titles, so they probably won't get it next year. So you'll probably have, say, the, the Eagles win it next year and then the year after that. But the only thing that you ever get that says champion on it for the Dallas Cowboys in the last uh almost 30 years is a division champ. That's it. That's all they win. I mean, they they can't make it to it. They haven't even made it to an NFC champ. I don't even have an NFC championship appearance since the mid-90s. It's ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. And this is what's going to happen. And if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm waiting. Waiting because if, they, if the Cowboys lose to the Packers, McCarthy's fired. Jerry yep. Jones is not going to put up with it because he's, he's at this point, he's so frustrated. 
I mean, with a roster this talented, you just lose in the playoffs. It's just what they do. They have a killer regular season. Um, what was that year with, with Zeke's rookie year with Dak Prescott? They went, what, 13-3 and three with a one seed? Lost first round. What was the year that they were the one seed that they lost to the Giants because they went to Mexico? There was that year. How many times you, this is what they do? This is how it goes. What can go wrong goes wrong. The talking heads, they just get their laugh. You get a certain reporter who gets on with his cowboy hat and cigar. It's just every single time, every year, you just got to watch the same story over and over again. And you know, it, the week's already gone, already been bad for me with Saban retiring. Already. Already. They, he already So Saban, the week's already bad. You know, Bill Belichick, I was so happy to finally see Patriots fans suffer. I was so happy. Bill Belichick fired part ways. He was fired. I was like, oh my God, I had a bottle of champagne ready to go. I had a bottle of champagne ready. And Saban's got to announce 10 hours before. 10 hours. It was like 10, 12 hours. I'm retired. Come on. Come on. Could you at least give me 24 hours to celebrate the firing of Bill Belichick? That that's finally over. The nonsense of the Patriots is over. No. No, 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 no. And this is exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to send a wellness check to your place. Oh, I know. I need a wellness check. I need one. because So first you have Michigan win the national title, which I can't stand Michigan. Then Saban uh, retires, right? Then Belichick gets fired within too close of a time for me to enjoy it. And then the Cowboys are going to lose to the Packers. That's going to be my week. That just is how it goes. This is what happens when, when you root for teams and you're a loser and you lose. And that's what happens. I mean, I can't say too much. I mean, Alabama's won. I got to say, I'll take that credit. That's great. But now we got some dark times coming. But with the Cowboys, when you lose, you lose, and this is what happens. And I don't know what Jerry Jones did in 1996. He made a deal with the devil. That's what he did. To get that super. I don't know what he did, but supposedly there's a whole curse. I don't know what he did. I I hope he, I, I hope he could take it back because I just you got to win another one, man. Come on. What did you do? What kind of deal did you make? He even brought, they were so desperate they brought back uh, Jimmy Johnson this year. How desperate is that? They hated each other. They had a massive falling out, and you bring back Jimmy Johnson this year. They're trying to get. They're trying to get something to get over the hump. I mean, I don't know if they don't make it past. If they don't make it to the NFC Championship game, McCarthy's fired. Fired. If you lose the first two rounds, he is fired. It's a joke. You got to get past this roster is too good. This defense is too good. Parsons is too good to lose in the first two rounds. You got to get past the first two runs, no matter who you play. You got to you got to take care of the Packers, and then you got to go beat either Lions, Eagles, or Tampa, whoever you're playing. You got to beat them, and you got to get past it. You got you got to move on. This is ridiculous. It's time to move on. You gotta at least make a championship game. There's my rant. That says my rant. My anger and rant. Packers win forty-two to seventeen. <laughs> Honestly, the the next game that's. That's in this playoff window is probably going to be my favorite. Uh, it's the Rams and Lions. Uh, the story just doesn't get better than this, honestly, with Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit as a Los Angeles Ram and Jared Goff having home field advantage against him in Detroit with the Lions. I mean, I mean, it, it just writes itself, really. Uh, I think that the Lions are going to come out of this game. I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, I also think it's going to be a high-scoring game as well. Um, I think both defenses are good, but I think people they're just going to let it rip uh, Stafford and Goff. And, I mean, you got weapons on both sides of the ball. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 42 to 38 game, something like that. Um, As a Cowboys fan, I need the Rams to win this because I don't want to play Detroit again. <laughs> the yeah. way that game ended, You don't want to play Detroit again because they'll actually make sure they report and like hold the ref by the shoulders and say, I'm reporting as eligible. I know. I, I need... Unbelievable! Uh, I'm still pissed off about that. I, 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 I need, I, I need the Rams to win. I need Matthew Stafford. Man's got to find the fountain of youth. You got to come into Detroit, have one thing of magic. You can win that game, and then you know, you know what? Actually, you win that game, and then go beat San Francisco. Go be a giant killer, and then you can come to us in Dallas at home. How am my the if the playoffs worked for me? I would rather right now. I'd love to beat the Packers. Have to play the um. The Rams beat the Lions, have to play the Bucs. I would love the Eagles. I love the Bucs take care of the Eagles. That'd be amazing. After then, play the Bucs, win that, and then imagine getting the Rams at home in the NFC Championship game. You guys are going to yeah. have to play the Eagles. I'm sorry to tell you, the Bucs aren't really that good. Baker Mayfield's a poser. That whole entire team is is a fraud. Hey, if the Eagles lose, Bill Belichick to the Eagles probably because they're going to fire Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni's going to like cry if they lose. I really uh, do you think, think so. he lost? Um, I mean, do you think he lost credibility when he cried during that Super Bowl? I think but, he lost credibility uh, long before that. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't cry during that, is he viewed differently th- during this losing streak? I wonder if I the, know, the meme's not there. That's for sure. Hmm, that's true. I mean, he really cried hardcore there. I remember watching it? I was like, "Oh, he's really letting the wow." Um. Yep. And, uh, you know, the moment proved too big for him. Um, but back to the Rams-Lions game, I think you're right, though. I do think the Lions should win this game. It'd be poetic, though, if the Rams go in there, Stafford gets it done. I'm, as a bet, if I'm going to bet, I'm probably going to bet this game. I'm going to bet the Rams. I bet it's a pretty good spread. I haven't taken a look at it, but Sunday morning I will take a look at it. And uh, I'm probably going to be that guy that goes against you with all the underdogs. So I'm probably going to bet the uh, the Rams in that game. Um, but... Like I said, I need that for the Cowboys. I do. I'll be much more invested in that game if the Cowboys win. If the Cowboys win and I make it through and I beat the Packers, I'm gonna be so into that game. I'll be pumped. I'll be sending you. Uh, you think that? Do you think the Rams have a fight song? Think they got a fight song? The Rams? Oh, probably. You think? Do pro some of the pro teams have fight songs? I think like back in the day, like the older teams actually have fight songs. Yeah, the Rams are an older team, so they so they must have one. So I'll send you something. Don't worry. I'll I'll bet the Rams okay. in it, and then I'll send you. The Rams fight song. I'm looking forward uh, to you it. You know, actually, I'll just send you the University of Rhode Island Rams fight song. I'll just send you that because they're the Rams. You don't have too. to send, send it to me because I know it by heart. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll do that. But uh, I'll send you some Ram fight song that day. And um, let's go Rams! Come on, let's go. You know, maybe my rant doesn't come true, and maybe we get some love here at the Cowboys. Maybe I get a little lucky. You never know. Um, and then the next game we have the last game, the Monday night game, the Eagles Buccaneers. Um, Baker, uh, whatever you, what do you need to beat the Eagles for me? That'd be nice. Can you please beat the Eagles for me? Just get rid of them. Just end them. I much rather play Tampa than the Eagles. Oh my good, I do not want the Eagles to have a revenge game in Dallas. I don't want it. I have, I have. So, you know how many bad memories I have of playing the Eagles and the Packers in the playoffs. Oh my god. If I could tell you, man, there's. You go back to some childhood playoff games, man. I just have them just losses. There's one Eagles. There was one time we put the Eagles in the playoffs and we beat them like the week or two before. 
and we beat them pretty good. They came and they just slaughtered us. End of the season. Um, we had some ugly That's losses. Classic Cowboys. That's what? classic Cowboys. Oh, and then like the pack, the loss to the Packers. Like one time we had the home field, and Aaron Rodgers came in as an underdog, slaughtered us. Um, yeah, I remember that. And then they played the Packers played the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and got absolutely. Oh, because yeah, we were the one seed. Yeah, Yo, so we were the one seed. They came in and slaughtered us. And then you got the home field because you were the two seed. Oh yeah, I remember that. We had the old radio yep. show back in the day. Yeah, I was in college. We were actually looking forward to playing each other. I was thinking, oh, we're gonna have to go to Dallas. We're gonna have to play in Dallas for the NFC Championship game. Uh, but nope. That who was it? The tight end who had that really crazy catch to set up that last second field goal. Uh, he he burned out so quickly. I forgot his name. It doesn't matter. Anyways, point <laughs> is, if the Cowboys can choke, they can and will. Uh, even in the Eagles Buccaneers game. Do Do you think those super annoying cheese heads will be at um in Dallas? Do, do I think awesome? yes, absolutely. Where there is a Packer, there are cheese heads. God, just it's, so they, it's a mathematical equation. It's it's, it's nauseating. It's it's so a law of physics. How do you think that stupid tradition became a thing anyway? Like, who thought of putting cheese on their head? Like, how is that? Is it because, like, Wisconsin has cheese? Like, how did that even become a thing? I'll tell you what happened. Someone was 12 beers deep, and... (laughs) It's so cold, their head was cold? Right. That's exactly what happened. They were like, I don't have anything else to put on my head except this wheel of Swiss cheese. And they threw it upon their head. And then someone called them a cheese head. And thus it stuck. I mean... I really that that's obviously historically accurate. What I just said, look it up. There's a Wikipedia on it uh, called Cheeseheads, uh, for sure. <laughs> Take my word for it. <laughs> I um, I believe you, Nick. I yeah. believe you. I think that's I know. fact. Uh, yep. I'm not even worried about it. I mean, I I'm sure it's real. I mean, I don't I don't care about them. Not actually go. I guess started in the 1850s. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, Cheeseheads are around. You know what also confuses me, too, about the Packers in general? Is you look at the state of Wisconsin, right? Madison's pretty big in size, right? Um, So you got the University of Wisconsin there. And then you have Milwaukee. Why is why do the Packers play in Green Bay? I that That's interesting to me. Like, Green Bay's tiny. Like, yeah. you get some bigger cities. Like, why are they not in Milwaukee? I don't... There's, like, a neighborhood that's right next to Lambeau Field. Like a middle-class neighborhood yeah i mean i saw there was a house for sale where you literally can see the stadium from your house yeah oh my god i think that's like at like hell for me i think if if i if i think if i went to hell that's where they'd put i i wouldn't want to live next to any nfl stadium i I wouldn't mind being next to cowboys i wouldn't mind that i get season tickets cowboys wouldn't be terrible i mean just on sundays you know you can't do anything yep um actually it'd be pretty bad if they had any event in the stadium because you're not getting anything done that kind of but I mean, if you got the money and you could have multiple houses, so that could be like your party house. You know, you just go there for the games and then you got like a room upstairs. So you go to the game, you you walk to the game, you have a couple beers, you go back home, you sleep in the bed and then the next day, you know, it's just your your crash pad for games, you know? Yeah. But honestly, though, oh, my God, I think having to live there in Green Bay would be like hell. That'd be not be fun um, at all. That's for sure. That'd be awful. Absolutely awful. And it's so cold up there, too. Like, it's freezing. It's the Packers. Yeah. It gets so, like, bitter cold, too. 
you know, I wonder, like, they're a publicly traded team, right? I mean, I, well, it's weird. It's hard to buy stock, but I think somehow you and I could buy enough of it so you and I somehow own the team, and then we relocate them. <laughs> Let's pull a, a Milwaukee, I mean, a Mississippi Braves, okay? Yep. That's what, that's, you know, that's what we do. When we, when we win the lottery, you and I, we go person by person who owns the stock, right? We buy enough. It somehow we, I think they have to will it to us in their will. Or like, yeah. I don't know. It's like a, they can't like actually sell. It. I know we can co- coerce them for sure. Uh, but somehow sure we give them legal. a deal that they all vote with us because yep. we pay for the vote, and then we relocate the team to Jackson, Mississippi. Oh yeah, we move them right. to Jackson. We put up a nice stadium. We call it the the Blueberry Bowl. We actually call the stadium the Blueberry Bowl, right? Like the Rose Bowl, we build this perfect stadium, right? Jackson, Mississippi. And now, what do we call that? What would be the team name? Uh, the oh, the Crawfish or something like that. I don't know. I'm trying to think about what's in Mississippi. Um, is it? Mud I was pie? thinking. I was thinking we could move the Green Bay Packers north, put them in Winnipeg, right? First Canadian National Football League team. In Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, you want the blue bombers in the NFL. Yep. Hey, that looks like they look like the Washington logo. You know, they right. have like there that Washington Huskies like logo. So you can have the public restroom bowl again. I mean, yeah. who has an M logo they could play? You could do the Super Bowl slash second running of the public restroom bowl. You know, if you had so you had Winnipeg and uh who else? Who who would have an M? Um, what teams have an M? I'm now drawing a blank. Um, what, in in college football or no in in, in the NFL? I'm talking about. There's no. I don't think there is a team with an M. You got a team with a B. No team with an M, huh? Yeah. No. Minnesota Vikings. There's a go. There's an M. So have them redo their logo. So they do an M logo for the game, <laughs> specific logo for the game, and then you move the. The Packers to Winnipeg, but they'd have to change conferences, I guess, in that scenario, right? I mean, it's not too far away <laughs> from Green. No, we're, we're getting way off. I don't think that's, but hey, I'm telling <laughs> you though, Mississippi though. Um, what's I think it's um Mississippi mud pie, right? Let's call them the mud pies. Move them to Jackson. Call them the Mississippi mud pies. Have put a giant M on their helmet, and then the Packers are done. It's all over. The whole history, all the way down the drain, and then and we they, se- immediately sell upon this. <laughs> yeah, this you move, and then, and then, um, but you could put in their constitution as a team must lose to the Dallas Cowboys. They have to, right? That's that's that that's that's what happens. So they have to lose, and you can also have them lose to the Falcons. So it's yeah, must. There we go. So you move them to Mississippi, but they can never beat the Cowboys or the Falcons. That's there fine. Uh, they actually haven't beat the Falcons recently. I just want to make that note. And we don't need to put that into like some kind of constitution for them to follow. Okay, so just the Cowboys would just be my personal, <laughs> my, my personal vendetta against the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> but don't you worry, the state of Mississippi, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm bringing my team. I just got to make some money first. I just got to win the lottery. But as soon as I do, I'm coming. Lane Kiffin, you're my head coach. If you listen to this, whenever I become co- owner of some team, you're my coach. I'm coming. You know, just you might have to wait 20 years. But when I do own a team, you're my head coach. Promise. Anyways, <laughs> the point of this conversation is that the Eagles will lose their game against the Buccaneers, who are so off base. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got to get back. We've gone down a little rabbit hole here. Um, uh-huh. 
Yeah, so the last game, like Eagles, Buccaneers, I, I think the Eagles win it personally. I yeah. would like to see the Bucs, but I think the Eagles win it. Um, I just think Baker Mayfield doesn't have one in him. And I think that the Eagles defense, while in shambles, is still good enough to stop the Buccaneers this week. So, hmm. yeah, look for that. Um, and then next week is the divisional round. So we'll probably see Philadelphia there. Uh, you know who won't be seeing Philadelphia anymore is Cutter Gutierrez, right? <laughs> oh, my. I got such a laugh out of this. I think, yeah, oh this is going to this is the last thing that we talk about because this is just amazing and we both hate Philadelphia. But, um, yeah, go ahead. So the the um, Philadelphia Flyers drafted in 2022, fifth overall, they drafted Cutter Gauthier. He's a forward. Um, he goes to Boston College. Um, he grew up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. When he was drafted, he continued to reference the Pittsburgh Penguins and his love for Sidney Crosby. Because of his love for Crosby, supposedly, this is the reason, he has refused to sign with the Philadelphia Flyers. And good for him. And it became he was he stuck to his guns so hard with Philadelphia against Philadelphia, they had to trade him to the Anaheim Ducks. I absolutely loved. I've been waiting years for an athlete to say I'm not going to Philly. Oh my goodness! Can we also? Can he also like, like switch sports and and like for football too, and then say I'm not going to go to Green Bay too. Can this guy yep. be anti Green Bay, anti Philly? Then you're you're my like you're, oh my God, you're just oh my God, you can be my best friend. Oh my God, anti. I wouldn't want to play for the Flyers either, honestly. Just terrible organization, and you're constantly under the shadow of the Rangers or the Bruins, and then you've got the Devils that are better than you. I mean, like literally every team that's within a 500 mile radius of you is better. So. Uh, and the city, the would, city of the city of Philadelphia is just absolute garbage. Not a fun I'm place to tell be. you this before I'm telling telling you all again. If the city of Philadelphia fell into the ocean, I wouldn't bat an eye. I really wouldn't. No, I mean, it's just not a fun. It's just not a great city. It really isn't. It just it has this smell to it. I know all cities kind of have a smell, right? They all do. But this is one about of the Philly's most offensive worse. smells. It just it hits you. It's pungent. It pungent. It just it. You get there and you're like, what? Oh my God. And then, man, it's just the fans, the people, the teams. Yep. It's just everything about it is just nauseating. And I'm happy that you finally got a, a person that says, I'm not going there. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I guess karma came back to the Flyers because they had way back, um, they had the, there was this player named Eric Lindros. He was the number one. He was supposed to be the. He was supposed to be the next Wayne Gretzky, right? He was like supposed to be Connor McDavid before Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard, but Connor Bedard. He was the guy, right? He was unbelievable. He he ripped through juniors, um, amazing. The Quebec Nordiques had the first pick. He said he would not play in Quebec. He was a English speaking hockey player from Canada. He was a Canadian from Ontario. He said he would not play in Quebec at the time. Ontario and Quebec had some beef. I think Quebec almost left Canada at some point. It, it's, it went back and forth. So he said he wasn't going to play in Quebec. He wouldn't play um, in a French city. Um, he since years later said it wasn't because of the language barrier. Not sure. Regardless, he wouldn't play in Quebec. Um, it ended up being Philadelphia moved up. They did a trade. 
Well, Quebec drafted him anyway. Um, so Quebec drafted him, and then uh, and then uh, eventually they had to trade him, and they traded him to Philly. Um, it ended up being a King's ransom because the Quebec Nordiques got uh, Peter Forsberg um, out of the deal, and then Forsberg went on to win the Colorado Avalanche. He won two Stanley Cups with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, the Quebec Nordiques be- moved to Colorado and became a powerhouse. They they dominated the end of the 90s and early 2000s. Amazing team. It worked out for Colorado. For Philly, it didn't work out. They are on the wrong side of that trade. Lindros got a bunch of concussions. His career ended early. It's just funny, though. They took a player who didn't want to go somewhere, and now... What, 30 years later, they drafted someone who doesn't want to be in Philly. That's kind of funny. I guess that's just how karma works. So I just want to point out the class that Philadelphia fans have been taking this whole situation. Oh, my God. No class. They are so upset. They absolutely they sent this 19-year-old kid death threats. Death threats. It's why it's just for not disgusting. wanting to it's play just, on the Flyers. Unbelievable. I gotta say though, if you're the management of the Penguins, you must get a laugh out of this. Oh yeah, I mean, someone that's within your conference just got absolutely hosed on a really good draft pick. Uh, I mean, it just because of Sidney Crosby, pretty much. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that uh, bad things are happening in Philadelphia, and <laughs> I hope that they lose this weekend. I hope that they continue to lose throughout the season in the NHL. Uh, I think that, you know, they're going to lose in this wild card round against the Bucks, and then Nick Sirianni will get fired. So uh, Bill Belichick will not sign there, which would be great, nope. too. That'll be great. Um, He'll say specifically, no, Philadelphia is a shithole. <laughs> He'll come out and say that. So, yeah. Uh, lots of stuff. Lots of... I'm assuming no one from Philadelphia listens to this podcast either. I highly doubt it. Um, so, I mean, I guess, Nick, you could freely say what you want about Philly because I don't think we have to worry about them being too upset because we don't have any, any listeners that are Philadelphia fans whatsoever. Um, I do want to shout out to the people that have been listening. Uh, I do want to give them a shout out. We had some people that listened all the way in Belgium. Um, I think it was Brussels, Belgium. Um, not sure. I, I don't know if you found us by mistake, but thank you for listening. So yeah. we have gone international. That's pretty cool. Um, I did see we That's had a good couple waffles of... and fries. I know. Um, thought that was cool. We also had a couple listens in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Um, Shout out to Nebraska. So, um, not sure why you're listening. I mean, I don't. We haven't mentioned the Cornhuskers whatsoever. Um, but if you keep listening, maybe we'll put in a little Cornhuskers uh, segment just for you. If you keep listening. Um, so thank you to all our listeners. Keep tuning in as we grow as a podcast. We're going to try to keep getting better, try to get better uh, content for you guys. Um, you know, we hope, to, uh, you know, as we get better, we, we will grow with you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for the downloads. We're trying our best here and, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you.